After ruining a blind date on Christmas Eve due to her obsession with winning back her ex-boyfriend, a goal-oriented woman named Kate wakes up to find that she is stuck reliving the same day and date over and over again. Can she break free from the cycle, help the people around her have the best Christmas Eve possible, and find love along the way? Find out this week on the Made for TV podcast, because we're talking 12 Dates of Christmas. Feature presentation. On the 12th pot of casts, Miss Made for TV gave to you 12 comings, comings, 11 hours of griping, 10 wives of weeping, 9 leads who can't sing, 8 sequel milking, 7 wiki skimming, 6 guns a slaying, 5 gold scott zings. Four cash corners, three out of tens, two hosts you love, and a bad made-for-TV movie. I hate that song. (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? Who was that? Who was that? that? I'm just quoting the film three times in this movie. (laughs) That's fair. You shut up! You haven't been introduced yet! Oh. She hasn't been introduced! You can't speak! Don't you speak! Hey, I'm the bad boy of the podcast now. Oh, he's a it's bad boy, folks. Talking he's before talking the out intro. Of turn. <laughs> this, this podcast guy. is off the rails, folks! <laughs> oh, Where is no. it going? It's a train that's not gonna stop! Gosh, it's such a terrible way to, to start. I, it's Hopefully we don't get caught in any time loops where eventually we have to have a good start for it to count. <laughs> Kyle, what's this show? Welcome, everybody, to the Made for TV podcast. This is the show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made exclusively for the small screen. My name is Kyle. And my name is Scott. And this is our Christmas miniseries, our December-long Christmas tradition, where we walk through the winter wonderland of Christmas movies that were made for you to enjoy on your couch in front of the fireplace with a warm mug of hot... Nog Kalit in hand, because that's what I'm boom, drinking. Boom, 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 it's boom, a hot boom. chocolate with some frothed eggnog on Mixed top. Mixed in? Yeah, I frosted it and I poured it on top like a latte, and it actually was pretty good. It was actually way better than I thought. So, well, it's vanilla y, nutmeggy, chocolatey goodness, whatever. Sounds fucking gross to me, but what do I know? I, we got multiple people telling us last time you can drink hot eggnog. It's a normal thing. All right, listen, I'm sure it's normal if you're a fucking freak. All right, you fucking freaks listening. And oh. hey, speaking of freaks, hey. we've got a guest who speaks out of turn. You know him, you love him. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a writer, he's a podcast kind of in the past himself you know him from our Mulan 2 episode world famous celebrity bad boy Mitch Grazer is here back on the show Welcome, hello boys thank you for having me back it's good to be here it's good to not be talking about Mulan 2 yeah luckily (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) it's not Mulan 2 and instead it's a real movie this time we're slapping a 1 in front of that 2 and uh (laughs) Getting off the rails from there. Hell yeah. Then that you know there how many dates are there in Mulan 2? At least three. Oh, yeah, because, I was gonna uh, say. So you this call Mulan and and uh Shang or whatever? He that that would be a date, so it's is that like four? a date you think? Well we know that the so Mulan 
and she's gonna marry that dude from that other village, yeah, the little right? Nerdy guy. That's a yeah, date. So that's like a date. So yeah, five. five, and then yeah. you just count the. Well, no, I don't know. Never mind. Because he's I mean, gonna is... date. He, that that guy's gonna try and marry one of the three, or all, do all the three have people that are gonna be married? I don't remember. Whatever. Actually, yeah, I don't remember. They kind of lose that track after. <laughs> yeah, like they send really three girls sense. to marry one one dude. Yeah. Now hold on, yeah. let's let's really unpack this because this seems right, like let's a major thing. Let me open up my Mulan two document again, guys. We gotta Please. we tricked you. This is no, Mulan this two is part two, two motherfuckers. If, if we two, miss this baby. major detail, it's on us as podcasters and movie critics to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got all night. That word. Nobody here has suggested that they want to get to sleep anytime soon. So I think we should dig our heels in sure, and make this a sure. nice yeah. six to seven hour long mega episode. Six you know, to seven hour. Yeah. Listen, you got somewhere to be, Kyle. All right. Nah. Why don't you just calm, calm down, buddy. Mitch, welcome back to the show. It's really, it really is a pleasure to have you uh, back on. Um, it's great to be how, here. Yeah. You know, I mean, last time. You set the world on fire, and we thought <laughs> we needed to put that fire out with the with a with the cooling snow of winter. So we brought you back for the Christmas season, I guess. I mean, I basically we, invited myself back to do a Christmas movie because there are just so many good made-for-TV Christmas movies, and by good, I mean not at all, but uh, yeah. fun to talk yes. about. And this was Enjoyable, actually a new one for me. Oh, good. Yeah, I I, I did enjoy this. I thought it was bonkers but i did enjoy the movie and i feel i feel like there is a lot to i don't know get out of it i want to keep trying to say enjoy but that's really not what i feel it's just uh it was fun because of how absurd it's a big christmas you know present box where you open up and it has a million little gifts inside right (laughs) yeah it's one of those gifts it's got socks and all this you know like like keychains in it you know it's one of those boxes Who's it, giving you Christmas presents that just have socks and keychains in them? It's like a stocking, right? Like you get a bunch of yeah. little stuff in your stocking, but it's not really the highlight of Christmas. I do have an aunt that collects things throughout the year, and she would kind of co- collectively give the things to me in a box. Wow. And- and that what, was in addition to my normal things. things. Like keychains like, like, okay. and socks. Is your aunt one of those birds that just collects junk? A magpie. Uh, yeah, a magpie, yes. She's great. No, she had a she picked out an animal for each of her nieces and nephews, right? So mine was a duck. So it would be like duck things that she would collect throughout the year or just have at home and she would give them to me as like uh duck things cuz duck was my animal and she had different that, you animals. You know what? Well, oh my people. god. I've been pronouncing your name wrong all this time. It's <laughs> Dr. Davidson, Dr. of course. Davidson. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Boom! We're off today, baby. We're off. We're doing what a great comedy. Great comedy today. <laughs> you know, this episode is um, let's get down to brass tacks. All right, guys. All right. This episode is coming out. This is the one that's going to post right before Christmas. Oh, right. Damn. So I thought before we get into the movie, I guess the opposite of let's get down to brass tacks uh, that we should talk about, you know, if we have any impending Christmas plans or if we have any Christmas 
traditions, Christmas Eve traditions, would be even better, honestly. Uh, that would be great to discuss. And Mitch, I didn't tell you this ahead of time to prep you or anything. And also, <laughs> Kyle, I don't know if you had anything planned either ahead of time. We didn't discuss this. I just uh, I wrote this note down right before we started recording, and I thought I would just introduce it to the group with uh, no plan or forethought. Uh, if anybody I've got has anything, no plan. So that's perfect. <laughs> I uh, I will say actually here's here's a question that I am curious about: Is Christmas Eve a holiday to you in your mind equal to Christmas? Oh, I'd like to just jump right in on this question because I think I I, I like Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day. I'm. One thousand percent on board. For Are that you really? Opinion. Yes, this yeah. is like a main feeling I've had, especially since like I don't know, since I've been a young kid, right? Like Christmas morning was always the focus, but then I was like, you know what? After Christmas morning, then the rest of the days, like you play with your toys and hang out with family and like watch movies and stuff, and that's fun. But like the anticipation of Christmas is like everything, and so mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, Christmas Eve is like I feel like I'm looking forward more to christmas eve than christmas day and since since we since like since like marriage and we go to a different families now that now the days are totally like different families now and that's how we how we do it and so it's now much more of a package deal but i love christmas eve absolutely it's a holiday now that's where why i was curious to ask you this question to begin with kyle because i know your parents are happily married especially since you left the house they've had a very they have a very happy relationship <laughs> yes. um, yeah it proved great uh, but both me and, then it and got my worse wife, when i moved to like their backyard basically yeah <laughs> yes much they've been deteriorating <laughs> since then um but me and my wife both are children of divorce so in our minds it's always been the way that you're talking about Okay. your yeah. your christmas is being since getting married like it's a package deal so for me christmas eve is like dad side christmas christmas day is mom side christmas i do agree with the general anticipation building up and all that um i like all that as well but i i i know that my biggest like like christmas to me is a multi-day event because of divorce and i remember once my wife bringing up like it's weird that i wouldn't automatically have christmas eve off from work and i had to point out that like not everybody is divorced families that have to split up the holiday on multiple days to her for her to understand so my christmas eve traditions are like i just said every christmas eve i go up to my uh grandparents on my dad's side's house and we open up our presents there late at night and eat christmas food and usually fall asleep while sports are on in the background that I'm not watching and then eventually make our way back home. But then we go to my wife's dad's side as well after that now where we get socks from her grandma and then we have a nice Christmas morning breakfast at our house where her family comes over to open presents now. And that will be our plan this year and every year until more people start dropping like flies uh, (laughs) in our in our families so yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys had any uh any special christmas traditions or treats well i have your favorite to that that you do pretty hard because i'm also a child of divorce but uh, the way it worked out for many years i feel like it's different now that i'm like an adult but um my stepmom is jewish um Mm. her side of the family 
doesn't celebrate Christmas. So what we would do is my brother and I would be with my dad and my stepmom for Thanksgiving. And then Christmas was with my mom uh, and my stepdad. So it was kind of split up of the holiday season, but occasionally, you know, school doesn't get out until late December. And I would do it like we would do like an early Christmas thing in Chicago before we flew out to Colorado for the actual day. So I, I still got to do uh, multiple Christmases uh, with my dad's side and my stepmom's side and all, all the sides. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely like think of the holidays as just a scheduling puzzle. It is where are we going to be? Really, what yeah. location? Yep. Are, what what state will I be in for these holidays? <laughs> and try and oh man, during college, trying to get like back to Illinois so I could hang out with my friends after Christmas too, and like demanding that I fly on the 26th and just realizing how terrible of an idea that is <laughs> Ugh, constantly. That was a struggle in college, like coming home because you would like, my time was just completely booked for like two weeks or whatever that I would have off for Christmas. And then there'd be like two days where I'd get to like try and like hang out with friends or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the rest of it was just like, just completely booked with family stuff. A very, uh, yeah, very small window. It's like after 10 p.m. I'm rushing over to my friend's house to hang out with people because <laughs> we've been sitting there in the living room with family for a very long time. You know what would make it easier? It, gosh, it'd be so much easier if I could just relive Christmas Eve like 12 <laughs> times to fit everything in that I want to do. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea before I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, this question... There's not a lot of room to dive in. All right, I get it. Okay, we we nobody here has. I, I used to go to Chili's on Christmas Eve every night. Chili's every on year. Christmas. Oh, okay, Eve. how can you not drop that immediately? Yeah. Because that is the best Christmas tradition I've ever heard in my life. I had a guy. I had a guy, a friend in in college, and his favorite restaurant. His favorite restaurant was Chili's, and so I just got to ask: Is Chili's your favorite restaurant? <laughs> it. Uh, it absolutely is. Uh, that's a man after my own heart. Um, I, I really hope that this is sincere and that it is. Knowing that you live in like, you know, L.A., like a like a major food city. Oh, we can and talk also about that you were in Chicago, like major food cities where there's so much fine cuisine. I hope that Chili's is your favorite restaurant. We can talk about the second date I just went on where we drove 45 minutes south of L.A. to go to the one Chili's uh, next to Hell an Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> Are you um, serious? It happened. Uh, was that whose idea? <laughs> Who, whose idea was it? Well, I, I made the joke about Chili's being my favorite restaurant. And then my date was like, oh, I would do it. And I was like, Are you are you sure? And then we both committed hard to the joke and we're committed to the day and this doesn't uh, sound like a joke to me though it sounds yeah, I know. like it's, you really you, love chilies uh, it sounds like you did that thing where you're like this would be so funny i'm totally joking like so you have a back you have an escape plan <laughs> yeah. if they think it's insane I'm, i i think like uh, you know in years past i'll admit chilies is not what it once was um <laughs> they're they're trying they tried to like sort of restructure as like a gastropub but now it's just sort of back to being what you imagine from when the nineties and stuff like that, like it kind of fell off and uh, it wasn't great. I was a little disappointed in Chili's. It's strange. It was... I'm on the like restaurant Wikipedia for <clears throat> Chili's page and you're just, there's a lot of 
comments from somebody named Bones in there just, <laughs> yeah, talking crazy. about how Chili's has really fallen off and all this. It's kind of strange. I don't know. The uh, Chili's Twitter account has talked has re- responded to me like three times in my life on Twitter. So Ooh. I've got that going for me. That is that's a that's a great feeling when your favorite <laughs> brands interact with you. I love the modern oh, yeah. age. We love, I love when a brand interacts. Hey, Jack's <laughs> Pizza told me they loved me once. And all right, uh, that's fair. I do love Jack's Pizza. If they're listening, sponsor us. We all love Jack's Pizza here. I need um, to frame that tweet. I need to find it, man. Good. Uh, I have a bombshell to drop. I have never been to a Chili's in my wow. life. Mitch's brain is exploding. Wow. He's just what? We're all we're all mid midwestern boys on this podcast, aren't we? Like, yes. there's no excuses. No, I, I my wife been... works next door to a Chili's. <laughs> I, I see it like every day. I've just never been to it. Man, like, I uh, or is it an Applebee's? I've she been works twice. By now. Is that Chili's gone? Sorry. I don't know if that Chili's is still there. I I got confused when they changed the like logo to from Chili's to just a chili pepper with the next ex, with mm-hmm. a apostrophe s next to it. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think I just lost track of the Chili's. Like, but I've been. How I do you, how do I search for that on my the Chili's mythos yeah, emoji? It's a chili pepper emoji. <laughs> I've been to Chili's twice. I've been to Chili's okay. twice in my life. I think the first time. I choked on a corn dog. My ha- my dad had to do the Heimlich, and I and I like almost choked to death on a corn dog, and then I got free ice cream. That was great. Um, and then the second that's like time, the most embarrassing food you could choke <laughs> yeah, to death corn dog, on. Right? I feel like it's a corn dog. It was, I was with my cousins, and she was making fun of me for eating a corn dog, and I was laughing uh, so much that I just I, I yeah started choking, and that was the only time I've like truly choked, and that that piece of corn dog went flying across the room it was it was a whole it was a whole scene and then they gave me free ice cream and then all my other cousins got ice cream too because they were and then your jealous. dad started making you pretend you were choking on corn dogs at every restaurant yeah, that's you where went it to began. so you could get free ice cream yeah <laughs> yeah it's what a uh, skill the, yeah and then the second time was with my my friend in college who's his favorite restaurant is chili's i think we went there for his birthday or something all right, so here's a question then for you, as a as a Chili's connoisseur. Mm-hmm. If I do go to Chili's, what should I order? <laughs> you really can't go right uh, at Chili's. <laughs> They're, they they brag about their uh, baby back ribs. You know, of course, That's the classic song. In uh, yeah. Sync performed it at one point, um, <laughs> and their margaritas. And I did not have the ribs when I went because that would be actually absurd you can't and, go uh, on a second date and order baby back ribs would be insane um, but <laughs> we did do the look at the waitress <laughs> i want my baby back yeah oh, that would have been really i'm imagining like, say it with a wink you know yeah, what that I means my baby back. <laughs> i don't know i don't know how second dates go as an adult because i've both kyle and i've been with the same people since we were like 16 years old or whatever 18 for kyle maybe um uh, but yeah I just can't. So I'm, I'm picturing like a second date. You like each other. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of physical action or something. And you're looking across the table at somebody's fingers slathered in barbecue sauce, just licking them off while they make eye contact. Yeah, it was absolutely out of the question. Um, I got a burger and we did order the margarita, which they also brag about. They're very proud of the margaritas. This margarita was entirely forgettable. And I will also say that Look, uh, they did not have enough people working, and I felt bad for the employees there, and they were all doing a 
banger job, like top tier service. Underpaying their employees type deal. You know how it is, man. They're trying to recruit chili heads on their website and yet not giving them a fair wage. So uh, it was a bit rough there, uh, but they were doing the best they could. And those margaritas were not. Yeah, the margarita was it. It was the was it the good kind of forgettable with the margarita or the bad kind of forgettable? It was way too sweet and didn't get us drunk enough, so we just ordered straight alcohol after that. So yeah, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I would go with the burger. The fries are okay. Okay, so you got drunk and then it was a. You said it was a thirty-minute drive back, Bones. That you had to make. (laughs) It was like a thirty-minute drive down. It was an hour wait to get a table. We were spent about an hour there, and then we walked through an IKEA. All in all, pretty fun day. I mean, that does sound, that is the type of date that me and my wife would go on. <laughs> yeah, that's so like I can't pretty judge. legit. Yeah. It's the yes. Midwestern dream is what I'm saying. <laughs> I've had a lot of walking through store dates living in the Midwest. Absolutely. That is for sure. That's kind of like the, that's like something that really peaks around high school or maybe when you're visiting home for college and it's like you're in a, a town that doesn't have a lot to do and it's like, well... We don't want to sit at home. Do you want to go walk around Target? Like that's <laughs> yeah. I, I do you know that first time it. that you go to like Target or like uh, like a grocery store or someplace like I'm talking to Scott here, but at, like after you have the the kid and you've like been in the house for a long time and then you like mm-hmm. get out on your own and it's just like oh I can like explore the world for a little bit. There's nothing like yes. that feeling, you know. And so that's it, that's like the date like with. Carrie and I, if we're ever out alone, like in a grocery store, like that's mm-hmm. like, that's like a special thing, you know, that just yes. doesn't happen. <laughs> there are a lot of weekend days where uh, I have been cooped up in the house all week with Dot and it's like, Celia's like, you can go somewhere if you want and I'll just go to Target and just, just to be outside <laughs> of the yeah. home. Like, I'm like, all right, just let me be free. Let me be an adult for 10 minutes without somebody grabbing on to me, trying to get my attention to do something. <sighs> Great feeling. Um, my last question about chilies. Do they have good chili? Why are they named chilies? Uh, they do have chili. I noticed that on the menu, but I would never order chili at a restaurant. That sounds uh, oh, way too weird for me. Um, I don't think I'd order it at a chain restaurant, but I would maybe at like a, <laughs> oh, Wendy's like a chili small would, place. Though. Yeah, right, well, welcome Wendy's back to Doughboys, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I've heard I've heard some things about uh, Wendy's chili. It's just not my uh, meal, so I would not get it there. And no, it's it's a Chili's was from Texas. It's more about the chili pepper, so it's not about the uh, chili dish. Um, uh, and fun fact, it's actually a uh, grill and bar. Most places call themselves a bar and grill, but Chili's is a grill and bar. Oh, interesting. And, um, <laughs> Grill first, food first. Yeah, food All right, first. I, I respect it. I used to go. Um, we used to go every Christmas Eve. We saw that glowing red chili driving home from church one night, realizing we ate dinner way too early, and we were so hungry, and we we're like, nothing. Much open. like the wise men being led by the star, yeah. literally <laughs> the <laughs> North Star. The great red chili in the sky. Led us, led us to a restaurant that was still open on Christmas Eve. Went in, the vibe was so fun. Everyone else eating there was like in good spirits. The staff was like, you know, everyone was just like cheerful. It was Christmas Eve and everyone, you know, great tips because we're all so thankful that they're working <laughs> to feed us after church. Like it was such a good vibe. So we went back like seven years in a row. Awesome. Um, 
it ruled. And then the one time I've been to Vegas, I just demanded that we all go to the Chili's in Vegas. And that <laughs> nice. was a pretty good Chili's too. The Chili's too in the, isn't that, isn't that an actual restaurant? Like the airport Chili's? That's like an airport Chili's, Chili's too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just love that they titled their restaurants as if it was a sequel to the restaurant. It's a Chili's too. Yeah, it's much like Mulan to a lot of shortcuts happening, but mm-hmm. uh, that's what you get when you're at the airport. And much like Terminator 2, if you're there, it feels like Judgment Day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If you're listening and you're thinking, wow, isn't this supposed to be a Christmas episode? Why are they talking about this restaurant? Well, guess what? Christmas is chilly. So go there it fuck is. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold outside. But let's get to the important restaurant. Uh, Nick's. Nick's yeah. Bar? Yeah. Nick's Bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to pop in this movie and talk about it, but in just to prolong Kyle's misery a little bit longer, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because we don't have a history with this movie, I'm assuming nobody here has a yeah, deep, rich all. history <laughs> with 12 Dates of Christmas. Well, I mean, uh, I saw it first in college, and it became one that I watched. I've, I've probably seen this one. I think this is maybe my fifth time. It's, it's Mistletone's level, so I think I've seen it as many times as Mistletone's, but this one's been a few years. I have seen it the one time from when I Kyle made me watch it, however many years ago, four or five years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, yes. And obviously, again, last night before recording. Um, but I think we all probably have a history with time loop movies. And I just wanted to know, by the way, spoilers, this is a time loop movie. People who are listening. <gasps> yeah. uh, you know, uh, I just figured I'd ask, you know, Mitch, Kyle. You got a history with time loop movies? You got any favorite time loop movies? Absolutely, my dude. Good. Just made my mom watch uh, Source Code the other night starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that one. I did not. I didn't know that one was a time loop movie, I guess. I I don't know much about it. So underrated. Uh, Great little like. I, the, the soundtrack is like a, such a classic movie soundtrack that's so intense, which is kind of funny. But um, you've got uh, Michelle Monaghan, Vera Farmiga, Jeffrey Wright, uh, top tier cast. And he is a um, soldier who's basically put in this experimental program that can relive the last eight minutes of someone's life. Mm-hmm. So there's like a match for his brain or whatever. And he relives eight minutes before a train blows up and has to figure out why it's going to blow up. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's a good video watch game it. concept. What'd you say it's called? Source Code from 2011, the same year as 12 Dates of Christmas. Got it. <sighs> who do you oh. think? Which one came out first? Who was ripping who off? Who was ripping <laughs> who off? <laughs> wow, what a year for time loops. <laughs> a big, big year for it. Obviously, <laughs> there's the gold standard of them all, Groundhog Day, which is great. Um... I love, I know Kyle does not love like me, but I love the movie Palm Springs that came out. Uh, Ooh, I, I did like that I, one. I think last year. I don't even mm-hmm. know anymore when it came out, when anything is. Uh, maybe it's because we're almost at that the end That one came out at a weird time. It was like, it came out at a time where I felt like movies weren't coming out still, and then it was like. Yeah, was well, because it was a pandemic. streaming directly release. It came out like on Hulu. Hulu. So I think that contributed a lot to me really enjoying it was everything is shut down. There are no new movies. Here is a new movie that is good that you can yeah. watch. Like, And to so be fair, I, I liked it, but I didn't yes. love it. I think I gave it I think I gave it a three out of five, you know, but yeah. it, it was an insult. <laughs> uh, 
It's a four out of five. It's a four star film. You're insane. Um, you know, but I gave a three out of five though recently that I watched that I didn't love. I think because it had been a little hyped up. Probably the most like hyped up movie that underperformed time loop movie is the uh, Edge of Tomorrow what? with Tom Cruise. Oh, Are you disagree? serious? I was just about to I'm talk about that one. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was very hyped up. Probably from being, me. Because literally my yeah, plan everybody <laughs> talks was about to that come one. in hot and just talk about Edge of Tomorrow enough because I knew that you hadn't seen it. But guess what? You've seen it now. So oh, my plan was ruined just now. I love Edge of Tomorrow. Such a fun one. But yeah, I think I have the relationship with it that you have with Palm Springs where I don't I don't dislike it. It was enjoyable to watch, but I wasn't like blown away by it. Be- probably because I had eight years of people being like, you know what movie secretly a masterpiece? Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> like, oh. all right. I was, I was like, that was decent. This worked well. It should have probably done better. I hope they make a sequel. But I didn't I wasn't enthralled. But I don't love Tom Cruise either. Most hey, that's people fair. probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't love Tom Cruise. He's a yeah, it's, psychopath. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard because, like, I do love Tom Cruise movies, but he's not. Yeah. He's, you know, he's questionable. He, His turn is very the, questionable, uh, right? That's yeah. he, so that's it. Exactly. He's maybe the best example of separating art from artist, which I don't always manage to do. Mm-hmm. But Tom Cruise is just, I mean, of course, I've seen so many Tom Cruise movies and know that he's probably like, accomplice to murder like yeah like, we know how yeah, it's, 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 it's almost that it's good. so yeah. insane it's so the it's the max you know the most heightened that scenario could be it'd be like okay mm-hmm. yeah i like this rapper but like he's kind of misogynist you're like okay yeah. uh, and but it's tom cruise like yeah he probably did murder but uh this movie yeah. is dope <laughs> i love yeah i love tom cruise nobody's seen his wife in 12 years but you know yeah, love the guy you know <laughs> yeah he, i but it's he is an undisputable compelling movie presence even though i don't like 100 percent. like you just can't i i think that is true of a lot of like people who are innately compelling though you look at them and you're like i don't think i want to be in a room alone with this guy <laughs> like but but it's interesting it's like jeremy renner you feel like jeremy renner oh. there's like an 80% chance if you're in a room with him and you say the wrong thing, he's going to punch you in the jaw. Yeah. But it makes it interesting to watch him that that's always boiling under the surface, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Time loop movies, great. Christmas, great. Combine them together. 12 Dates of Christmas, Holy also great. Yeah. Should we pop it in? Well, yeah, let's do it. Let's pop this movie I'm in. I'm ready. Woo! Woo! It's popped in. It's rolling. We get the song starts on the 12th day of Christmas. My true love gave to me ABC family presents 12 days of Christmas title text over beautiful New York city decked out for the holidays. The song is playing. We're seeing um, some of the numbers and some of the things in the song, like it, it's cutting to them, but not like in order. And it's kind of confusingly. Well, it is in order, I think. It's in order. When it shows the numbers, but it's not showing them all, which is what's confusing. Like, we briefly touched on Kyle that it it shows like 12 and 11, and then on 10, Lords of Leaping, it cuts to an aerial shot above a bunch of skyscrapers, which immediately made my brain think leaping off of buildings, which is not (laughs) exactly where I want my mind to be leading into a right the beginning of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not solid. Not a not a solid uh, image there to put on for that 
part. But. It's a real a real half baked. It's like they said, okay, we'll we'll show like the numbers in each shot, and then like when they were filming, they forgot to get half of them, and then they just yeah, had they to, didn't get all of them. So they. Yeah, we'll One thing I want to get into eventually is that does this movie hate this song or like this song? I think that's what <laughs> I want to answer by the end of this because it's really mixed signals. Might be, yeah, it might be tough. That's an important question. I did that. We're going to get to the bottom Let's, of it. This is an investigative podcast. <laughs> you're going to get to the bottom of this question. Let's figure it out. First, let's see some more of New York City. With uh, some of these shots, we see the Rock Rockefeller Center, Central Park, Radio City Building, Empire State, Empire State Building. I love New York, so it's it's just fun to like set the stage right away that we're in this big city, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think this is probably top five new york movies right yeah it's like it's almost like new york is one of the characters in the story whoa (laughs) i say it's it's probably like when harry met sally uh spider-man 2 the sam raimi one and then this movie probably my top three new york movies i mean at least christmas movies in new york i think of 12 dates of christmas (laughs) <laughs> then Elf, then Home Alone 2, you know? This is yeah, the top. Obviously. <laughs> yes. So the music dies down, and we enter what uh, is an office Christmas party, and, um, and immediately we see a, a, a guy in a purple shirt, which made me laugh because, Scott, we just talked about the guy in a purple that, shirt. Those are the fake-outs. Those are the yeah. fake-out guys that is, like, usually in these Christmas movies, there's a guy in a purple shirt that's just, he's designated as not going to be the the love interest because he's wearing purple. Either he's not the love interest or he's gay, either one. This guy's really not in the movie much. I thought (laughs) maybe he was going to be, but no, he's not at all. Do you guys remember the first line of the movie that this guy says? Please say it. He goes, oh, Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not write that There's a bowl of Cheetos on the table at the office party, and I was like, all right, cool. First line would, of dialogue they wrote down for this film is Cheetos. Oh, Cheetos. I would call that awkward, <laughs> you know, dialogue, but I've probably uttered that sentence out loud like, you know, a thousand times in my life. So of course. I don't know. I feel like oh, yeah, most parties that I've been to, if there's a bowl of Cheetos, I've at least thought, oh, Cheetos, you know? Oh, oh Cheetos. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bowl of Cheetos is a I don't know about that at a party, though. Well, if it's uh, flaming hot, then it's good. It's pretty cool, 2011, you know? I'll say. I don't think anyone serves <laughs> Cheetos anymore. That's true. Cheetos are a snack on decline, I think. Yeah. They're, they're a snack you eat in private, let's be real. Yeah, they, just had, they just had a big, a big new Cheeto thing with Applebee's. Have you seen their flaming hot Cheeto um, like boneless wings? In their I don't support this. Cheetos, I'm a Chili's guy, so... I'm very anti these flaming hot Cheeto, the overuse of the flaming hot Cheeto seasoning on everything. I'm against it. They they have flaming hot mac and cheese, flaming hot popcorn at the movie theater, flaming hot Doritos. The flaming hot Cheeto was a perfect invention, and we don't need to whore it out to every other thing. <laughs> well, but- guess what? I ordered these these flaming hot boneless wings on DoorDash for myself because I was so excited and they were delicious and you cannot slander them anymore because they're, they're right. that good. So wow. I've never once impugned your taste, so <laughs> I won't disagree. Uh, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say they are a snack you eat in private because I think they are like Cheetos feel 
just 10% too processed to want <laughs> to eat them around people, you know, like it's like a, real a cracker mess. or a chip. You're like, okay, I know what this is. A Cheeto is not a naturally occurring thing. Everybody knows that you're like... gonna, your hands and your mouth are gonna be disgusting after eating Ugh. Cheetos. You know, like there's no yes. getting around that. Your your fingers are gonna be disgusting after eating Cheetos. So, which is the problem with having them out at a party? We'll just circle yeah. back to the movie. I don't want <laughs> cheesy fingers at a party, especially yeah, this a weirdo work. just dug right in. I think that's <laughs> yeah. creepy. Oh, great. That's okay. why I at home I eat Cheetos. I will frequently. Fill up a cup and just like drink out of the cup the Cheetos that so that my fingers don't get worse. dirty. Oh, yeah. I, Any cracker chip thing I eat with my tongue. I will not touch that with my hands. That's gross. Interesting. Great. Well, <laughs> just spreads them out on the floor and licks them up like Pac Man. Yeah. Like the claw machine in a you know, stuffed animal game. You just stick your tongue out and <laughs> lap them up. Before we move on to, we should probably establish that Bones. Did make it clear on the on 2 episode that he has read many bad made-for-TV Christmas movies for his job. Oh, yeah. He reads the scripts. Yes. But we couldn't do one that he read because we were worried about the implications of uh, him going on to a public forum and trashing a movie <laughs> that his work was like yeah. associated with. So, yeah, yeah I, I've read so many. Uh, in fact, you know, most of the ones people end up watching, like, I can't think of a big one where it's like, oh, everyone's seen that, even ironically that I've read. But um, I have there's some there's some popular ones on Netflix that I like know the casting director of and uh, a few things like that. So I do love seeing those titles, but there's so many that it's actually hard to find the ones I read. Like I'll Since look. you know the casting director, how famous do we have to get to get a cameo in one of these made for TV Christmas movies? Oh, how not big that do you think famous. we got to get this podcast? <laughs> not, not that famous, but you just have to be where it's happening. And that's probably your biggest hurdle. Like if you just yeah. want to be where that film is uh, taking so place. Somewhere in sure. Canada that's cheap to film, I yeah. guess. Hey, uh, there was a much. movie recently filmed in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's and true. We're so, a hot spot. Hollywood's knocking on our door. We're the new Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. We're the new Atlanta, Georgia, at least, baby. I don't mm-hmm. know. So, anyways, this movie, right? So, mm-hmm. so we are uh, at this office party. Um, this this guy in purple. Uh, it didn't. It gets denied by this other girl. Um, this other girl seems she's like friends to Katie. She calls yes. Katie because she wants to leave the party, and Katie is at her cubicle calling Jack. We don't know who Jack is, but she wants to spend Christmas with Max, whoever that is. And she also tells Jack that she got him a gift. Nothing big, but she got him a gift. She got him a gift. Purple shirt guy tries to seduce uh, her friend with uh, with these like antlers. It's it's not it's not great. Her friend, I believe, is named Miyoko. Yes, Mio- yeah, Mio- Miyoko. It's yes. it's confusing because the actress's name is Laura Miata, and I was just looking at yes. that, and so yeah. So Miyoko is there, and they want to leave. Purple shirt guy. Uh, well, Katie, hold on. Katie's like trying to find a gift for Jack because she just lied to him, saying that she got him a gift, and she's gonna re-gift a Nicholas Sparks book to the guy. And that's purple shirt guy tells her that's a terrible idea. You, you should get him beer. And then he says that he actually yeah, has beer. that. Guys love beer. Yeah, get him beer. <laughs> but then he's like. It, then he like picks up the book. He's like, "Oh, I I have this one or something." So it's yeah, it it is what it is. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Katie and her friend are walking down the street now. They've left the party, and Miyoko is telling her she got a jar of jam from her secret Santa, and she's totally bummed about it. Katie tries to play it off, saying she loves jam, but Miyoko picks up on it that Katie was actually her secret Santa who got her the lousy gift of jam. Katie apologizes. <laughs> Katie, I'm saying Katie, but it's actually Kate. They make it, it a is point Kate. in have this been, movie. Have you been talking to Sally? <laughs> uh, because she hates being called Katie. Yes, she hates being called Katie, and I just write down Katie every time in my notes, so... <laughs> Um, Kate was actually her secret Santa that got her the lousy gift of jam. Katie, Kate apologizes, stating she was distracted by the holidays and she forgot about the secret Santa and grabbed the first thing she saw. Um, we learned that Jack is Katie's ex-boyfriend and that she needs to find him a gift. She's getting her ex-boyfriend a gift for Christmas. And already, uh, Kate, played by Amy Smart, um, just doesn't seem like a very good person. Like so far, like she gave her friend jam for. A well, she's not Santa. like like she's not like super shitty though either. She's just not great. She at says gift, some gift, stuff she's in this a little movie. Self-absorbed, I guess. I don't know. There are some lines where it's just like, "You are heartless." Like, <laughs> and they're so, they're so played off, or it's like it's kind of her just like being sad about her own situation. So it's like, okay, yeah, like. We've all had a shitty gift, right? For a coworker or a friend or whatever. We've been there. Regifting is not an uncommon thing. But then it's like she's talking about her parents and she's just like, it's so sad that my dad's alone and I would hate to be like that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Like she does really up the ante a couple of times. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big negative for me in this is that the main girl just is not somebody I pretty much ever root for this whole <laughs> I never really root for Kate this whole movie. I just think she's terrible. So a terrible person. So um, we get a change of shot and we see a partridge in a pear tree and we get a little musical hit. <gasps> and I think this may be signifying that this is a first day. Maybe who knows? We don't know yet. We don't know where this movie's going. They are shopping. We, yeah, we, yes, yeah. we don't know where this movie is <laughs> going. Know. Anybody who turned this movie on knows exactly what's going to happen yeah. within the first <laughs> two minutes. But when they see the title, you know what's going to happen. Yep. So, they, so they're shopping. We learn more in kind of rapid fire fashion. We learn that Katie has had the, a four year plan for dating, date for two years, engaged year three, wedding year four, maternity leave after. She seems like she's just very focused on marriage. She has a blind date tonight at 5 p.m. as well as a meeting, uh, as well as meeting Jack, which there's no plan on what time yet. It's Christmas Eve today, so she has a date on Christmas Eve for a blind this, date. This the immediately i that's just so wild to me yeah yeah who who is setting up blind dates on christmas eve like yeah it <laughs> places are like we we talked we had this whole chili's being open was it was formative to bones to mitch <laughs> It's rare that places are even open for dates on Christmas Eve. The, and that's, it's the same thing with the song where it's like it's trying to play it off like we all know the song sucks, but then they're playing like three versions of it and basing the premise around it. And it does the same thing with the blind date where it tries to play it off like it's pretty crazy that we're doing a blind date, right? But there's another guy there yeah, on another a blind date. date that's supposed to be happening. Like this is a common occurrence according to this film. Yeah, it's and maybe so maybe... Weird. Nick's bar is the only bar open because it's it's Nick's. It's old. It's Saint Nick's bar. You know, it's oh. it, maybe they're all about Christmas, so they say open on Christmas Eve and promote blind dates there. 
the date isn't even meeting at a restaurant on Christmas Eve for a blind date is one thing or whatever. Like that's not that's weird to me, but I can at least understand maybe agreeing to it under some really specific circumstances. But the fact that the plan is also for them to go to like their family Christmas after this <laughs> when they've just met is that's the part that really breaks my brain yeah, about this whole it's deal. Too, it's too much. Too much it for is. a sane person to agree to, probably. You know, for, <laughs> no, I don't want to do a blind date on Christmas Eve and then hang out with the family together. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So we learn uh, that she's got this blind date tonight and then she's already determined that it's going to be a dud of a date because it's her, It I guess, stepmother's the proper term. Yeah, stepmother's godson is... We don't know if they're... Is her dad married to Sally or oh I can't remember uh, if they guess. if they're just dating or not. They only ever refer to her as Sally. I don't know. All I know is that Kate hates this woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm with Kate. I hate Sally. Uh, oh, we'll you hate that Sally? <laughs> I hate wow. Sally. I love Sally. Sally fucking sucks. Sally sucks so hard. <laughs> I don't love Sally. I, I hate don't Kate. lie to me. Yeah, you love Sally. I hate Kate. I think that's why I like Sally. So that's fair. It's fair. Um yeah, they're, uh, yeah, so she's decided it's going to be a dud, and then um, after she's going to go to her parents' house for this dinner nightcap, and it's Christmas Eve. And so uh, Kate and Miyoko say Merry Christmas and part ways. Kate goes down an escalator to some carolers singing 12 <laughs> Days of Christmas. She gets mm-hmm. spritzed in the face with some perfume and passes out on the floor of this department store. And we hear the carolers saying, and a partridge in a pear tree. And she wakes up and there are people standing around her. Ma'am, are you okay? Quite the way to spend Christmas Eve. What happened? She <laughs> says. And the lady is leaning over and she says, I spritzed you and you passed out. Which is, I think probably, I guess probably my favorite line in the movie. I just like it. It's that, that woman's role is incredible <laughs> yes she could not care less that she just made a customer pass out by surprise attacking them with perfume to the face like I, this is a pre-karen era mm-hmm. but this person would be terrified for their job if they were being realistic at all and instead they're wow. just like hey dumbass why'd you fall over yeah, it's like yeah. well she's classic new yorker hey <laughs> making me work on christmas eve fuck you oh, lady that's i'm gonna rush. spray all the spritz all the customers right in the face she's she just filled that bottle with them. chloroform she was doing it on purpose to get all these <laughs> yeah. rich white ladies to yes, fucking exactly. knock them down a peg i was waiting for her to be like this like like Hey, I did this because I knew you needed it. Uh, ha, ha, I'm the magic secret person. But no, she no. just doesn't give this a shit. And just, who is the magic earned. secret person? Maybe there is one. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? I'm going with isn't. But hey, maybe it's just me. New York City itself. Wow. Wow. There it is. The, New the, York the is third lead of the movie. <laughs> the third lead. <laughs> um, so she gets up. She walks out the store and outside walking through Central Park. She bumps into a man trying to untangle a giant tangle of Christmas lights. She gets to her apartment. Uh, maybe more on that later. I don't know. She gets to her apartment. Elevator is out. It's broken. So she goes up the stairs. She's sneaking into her door for some reason, and we immediately find out why. The next door neighbor comes out of her house, Miss Frumpkin, who offers her a cherry chip loaf. Kate Lee 
rudely takes it and just closes the door in her face. Like now, this a, a is low. a low point for Kate yes. slash Katie here. I because I'll tell you this: I love Miss Frumpkin. Oh, you know yes. the way you feel about Sally. That's how I feel about. Oh, Ms. I absolutely Frumpkin. love Miss Frumpkin. Way better. I, I think the Sally, appearance sure. of Miss Frumpkin sort of uh, overshadows Sally. It's it's kind of weird they couldn't combine those two roles somehow. I agree. It is but, like unnecessary to have two nice old ladies whose entire character is that they're just nice old ladies. And here's just the like, thing, though. Maybe we have, f- we have like food days that we have to go through. So they're through. So and they we ran need, out of ideas after need, like four days. Yeah, we need <laughs> some more things for Miss Kate to do. Ugh. So, um, yeah. So the the so she really takes it, slams the door in Miss Frumpkin's face. She gets into her apartment where she has a message from Miles, her blind date tonight. Um, he's just confirming the date. Um. Fast forward to the bar. She walks mm-hmm. in and immediately sees a guy sitting alone at a table who looks like, um, I thought he looks kind of like Nathan Lane. Like he just looks, <laughs> looks like, like a, a, he does. No, I wrote, I, I, he looks like Rivers Como from, oh, I, I had Corey Feldman. Ooh, Corey Feldman's good too. He if looks you, like if you hybrid those three people, <laughs> you get this guy. <laughs> so yeah, this guy is, is sitting, um, without anybody there. And, uh, she looks at him and just says out loud. Oh, great. Cause he's, she's not impressed with how he looks. <laughs> what a bitch. She's the worst. Oh my God. Yeah, like just says, Oh, great. Like right in front of him. Um, she has so many lines of external dialogue that a person would never <laughs> say out loud in this movie. I wrote down some of my favorites, but yeah, we're you coming up on my like, favorite oh, great. line. Like, yeah. It's yeah, sh- awful. Sh- and so she, what, what were you saying? Were you going to say something, bitch? Oh, just that my favorite line is coming up when she finally meets miles. It's just, I, I was floored when I okay. witnessed this real scene. quick. She just says, hi, are you miles to this guy? And he says, <laughs> are you, no, are you Phyllis? And, she is not Phyllis. So this guy is looking for Phyllis. And so oh, this guy, the, the real miles um, shows up behind in the background and waves at her. And she's pleasantly surprised because he looks appeal. He, she, he looks satisfactory to her. So she's going to actually not exclaim that she, you know, so she's going to go I mean, talk to him. He looks more than satisfactory. All right. Cause this guy's He's a, a full decent guy. Yeah. He, is he is a good Mark looking dude. Paul. This is, yeah. Gosler, Zach Morris himself. I got told that I uh, look like Zach from Saved by the Bell well, that's uh, recently. A fucking compliment. And I thought, oh, I've never have the, has that happened. And then I, it's because I forgot that I am blonde at the moment. My hair is dyed. And I was Ooh. like, oh, okay. And then I put it together that that's the guy in this movie that I've watched <laughs> twice. Yes. It's all so, coming together. It's all it meant to be. It's real. Real small Kyle, world. You told scenario. this at a Chili's after a few margaritas. Is that when you were? Uh, yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't the same day. Kyle, do you know what else he's in? That is a fixture of uh, this podcast, I believe. Uh, no, I just know that formative in your youth. I. Dead Man on Campus. Is he in Dead Man on Campus? He is one of the two leads of Dead Man on Campus. We have to rewatch this movie, Mitch. So, Dead Man on on Campus is a movie that I saw at the ripe age of however old you are in second grade. Um, It's a rated R (laughs) movie. I wrote with with uh, I I watched it with my friend Yanni, and uh, whose parents did not care what he watched, and we rented it at Blockbuster, and his dad got it for us but it's about a couple of guys who goes go to college and 
party and drink and have sex and do everything and uh they are gonna fail out so they try to find someone who's super depressed so they can kill them so that it can make it look like a suicide so that they can get straight a's because if your roommate in college dies then you get your grades you get straight A's. So I watched mm-hmm. that as a second grader what and, uh, the f- and went home and fuck. cried and told my mom <laughs> and she read to the movie and, and, uh, and was horrified and went and told Yanni's parents that they did not care. So that, yeah. yeah so, no. and I haven't seen it since. So it just, it has to happen. We have, you have to, we're going to have to do a special dead man on campus. Episode. That is incredible. Yeah. Cause it really, I mean, who knows, who knows when we watch that movie, what it's going to uncover about, my life you know oh yeah. yeah there's some stuff to unpack no doubt yeah but this but i will yeah. say i'm i was a big saved by the bell kid uh growing up so i'm a big and Mark this guy's Paul like Gossler the lead in it so the thing is i've never yes. seen an episode of saved by the bell so wow just, yeah, he is I. the lead in saved by the bell um yeah saved by the bell is a weird show because it's like a it was like a saturday morning show that they made and it doesn't really have like plot lines that continue or make any sense they're all just like episode they're like psa episodes you know like a funnier light-hearted degrassi i guess um you could put it but i don't know he was the star he was the blonde cool preppy guy prankster dude and i I loved him and i love that show and i even like the peacock revival of it i think is pretty good of saved by the bell so cool just gonna say yeah, wow. I'm a big Mark Paul Gosser fan. You put him in your movie, you're gonna get some extra some extra miles per gallon out of old MPG. He's gonna, <laughs> MPG. gonna really keep this movie going. I don't know. Wow. Cool. All you right. can tell I pre wrote that joke. Huh? <laughs> it was a good one. Thank you. Uh. Um. So yeah. So Mitch, I didn't write down any of the any of the lines in this scene. So you're just gonna have to jump in and say it when it happens or whatever. But uh, Miles brings her over. She's pleasant. She's surprised. He has ordered a beer for her, and uh, the way he goes, he says, "I ordered you a lager, by the way." And she goes, (laughs) she says, "Actually, I hate beer." And he says, "It's a lager." And I was like, I love, what is happening? I love that interaction. Like, so The first much thing we get between demented. our lips. You know, like, look, I, re- I read a billion of these. They're not going to like each other at first, right? Yeah. They're going to clash. We're going to see them come together and realize, actually, uh, yeah. we are into each other. This was the weirdest way <laughs> to set it up I've ever seen. For him to pre-order a woman a foot-tall beer yeah. is insane. <laughs> yeah, you for don't her order to just a say, drink for someone you don't know and then insist they drink it. It's a yeah. lager. For her to just say, I it. hate yeah. this, is 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 a choice. I mean, she's right to say uh, that's a weird move, but she goes, yeah. I hate this. And then he insists, it's a lager. I don't drink beer myself. If you told me, here's a beer, and I was like, oh, sorry, sorry I, don't, I don't drink beer. And you go, it's a lager. I'd be like, I think less of you as a person yeah, now. Yeah. It's an IPA. You should. It because is. it's like it's like saying somebody's like, oh, I don't eat potato chips. And you're like, they're barbecue. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're still yeah. fucking potato either, chips. What are you talking you, about? You either don't care at all about my feelings or you are very dumb. And both of those things can't be good. So here we are. Great setup to this first Did day. Did you? Okay. Sidetracked. Did. Either of you ever watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? 
at all? Uh, I've seen a few. It's one of the ones Carrie watched through, and so I was able to catch quite a few episodes, but not. Like I've seen it a season or two, I think. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter, but the lead, uh, the female lead, Amy, she dates a guy named Teddy on the show, whose like entire personality is just that he's like into pilsners, and <laughs> he has the exact same energy used to correct comedic effect that. Mark Paul Gosler has in this scene where he's insisting that she try the lager. Good. Oh, uh, Kyle Bornheimer, that actor is just so good at being that guy at the bar. Uh, yes. Absolutely remember that character. He's a great actor for just filling that role. Excellent yes, job. He, he is perfect as that, that sort of bland nothing guy. <laughs> that but like man. Perfectly comedic, <laughs> yes. All right, moving on. Instead, right. she orders a white wine, and she is, yeah, just, I don't know, a little bit of a, it's not good from either side here, this whole beer situation, because she's just like, I hate, I hate it, you know, and <laughs> yeah, whatever. To be fair, she is, like, intentionally tanking the date, it feels like. Like, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she's rushing out of there. Yeah, like she's trying to get out because she's still in love with her ex. Yeah, so she's whatever. Just looking at her phone. She's looking at her phone, and then eventually, <laughs> like, she reveals to him that she is looking for a text from her ex-boyfriend. He realizes, well, this is a dead end, and he decides yeah. to leave. She invites him to her dad's house later um, to reconnect, and he very obviously and appropriately just keeps walking and says, no, like that, that's not going to happen. Like, yes. I don't know what she was thinking to like invite him back to the house later. Like, Yeah, I know. It's I terrible. do think that um, what, what's... What's MPG's name in this movie? I've Miles. already forgotten. Well, it's Miles, because you're Miles. getting miles per gallon. My joke miles was on per gallon. Oh, oh my God, dude. <laughs> I I was I liked the joke when I first heard it, but I, I didn't give it the uh, respect it deserves. We've got layers. This is like an Arrested Development episode over here, <laughs> yes. all right? Seasons one through three, all right? Not, not seasons five, especially. Okay, continue. You didn't realize. Um, I, I was going to say that I think... As insane as the beer move was, truly unhinged. Yes. Miles clearly comes out of this as the good guy. Yeah. Yes. And that also just, you know, we're supposed to see that this woman is going to have a lesson learned as she repeats the day and fall in love with this guy. But it's just like it it emphasizes so hard that we don't like this person. Yes. Well, I just think it's, well, that's why I brought up that she's like trying, like doesn't give a shit about the date. It's weird to me that they made this decision to make Miles this, do this weirdly alpha move of ordering her a beer and trying to insist that she drink it. Yeah. Because the rest of the movie, his character is just being like the most understanding, charming guy who ever existed. Yeah. If you take like, out yes, the lager whole... thing, like literally, like I can understand <laughs> him fine. ordering a drink for her to have ready and then like just being like, oh, okay, yeah, let's get you the right drink. But yeah. you, if you take away the it's a lager thing, it's then lager. everything fits yeah. totally perfectly, you know, right? It, yes. It's just that one line that's... Yeah, if she had said, oh, I hate beer, and he had just been like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, let me call the waitress over. That would be in character, I feel yeah. like. The waitress it's also so gives weird. her a little sass, too, when she, like, makes the waitress <laughs> take it back for a white wine, and the, the waitress is like, ugh, just drink. You know, she's got to, like, this, just uh, drink it, you know? 
I, yeah, I was also on the 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 server side of just being like, yeah, you should be annoyed at this whole scenario because <laughs> right. you brought this yeah. thing out and you're taking yeah. it back. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Pour it out. It's a yeah. waste. Like, what is that? And you knew that. It's like a twenty ounce miles drink. It's, yeah. it's, like, a, <laughs> it's a foot tall. It's insane. It's like the size of her stomach, probably. Hey, I got you a drink already. I know it's a gallon of beer, but I hope you like it. <laughs> but I'm gonna insist that you try it. Like when you yeah. say you don't like it, I'm gonna say you should try something new. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's weird. <laughs> try it's something new like you. beer yeah. uh okay so moving on uh she gets some texts and she leaves yep, she's uh, to she's meet gone. up with her ex so next scene yeah. she is meeting with uh meeting her ex on the sidewalk and um very clearly it seems like she's she really still wants him to love her so she's still if he smiles at me it means he's still in love with me yeah exactly <laughs> to herself yeah. yeah so he sees her and smiles he walks up he doesn't have Max with her. We we're gonna learn that Max is the dog, right? Yeah. He doesn't have her with them yet. Uh, she. Um, uh, I kind of forget the exact sequence here of what. I don't exactly know. She gives him a present. Yeah. She says she loves him, and then his new girlfriend shows up with the dog or whatever, and then yeah. there's like, it's awkward because they only gave his new girlfriend one outfit in wardrobe like they didn't get her a jacket yeah so she's just standing there in like a sweater and then she reasonably is like i'm cold i'm gonna go get back in the car um mm -hmm. and yeah and, and they it's just awkward because we didn't know that he had a girlfriend and so amy yes. uh, not amy <laughs> kate is is very very depressed about this that jack mm -hmm. has a new girlfriend so she um uh She's super depressed now. She's talking with her dad. They're back at home or back at her dad's house. And does he reveal that he's going to propose to her, to his new girlfriend in this conversation? Not yet. I think we I think learn he's, that later. They're going we? up to a cabin, right? Like they're trying to stick her with the dog so they can spend Christmas Eve alone somewhere. Is, is this where they reveal the point, it? Though. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I, we can knows? talk about it's... it now. That's eventually. Yeah. <laughs> he learns it at some point, which is probably soon if not this scene but um yeah yeah he's going up to the cabin to uh with her and it's not with their family and they're just going up them too and he's going to propose to her and <gasps> she's a cheerleader from his high school that he's known forever but never dated until i don't even think she's months. actually a cheerleader i think kate just says she's oh, a she cheerleader because she looks oh, like one right. yeah she looks like a cheerleader and she's just trying to Cut poor Nancy wow. down. Ugh. Poor Nancy. Poor Nancy. <laughs> I would hate to be Nancy in this movie. Like, it just seems miserable because uh, the yeah, ex-girlfriend just shows up all over the place. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but I guess from Nancy's POV, it only happens like once you know, yeah. that she shows up. So. And we don't know. Maybe, you know, the last day, I forget what happens with could it be oh, that could it be there's that a Nancy lot of uh, there's a lot of footage on the cutting room floor of Nancy V. Kate. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> there should have been. It would have been great if there was one where she like tried to kill Nancy. Like that would she went full blown off. There's I think, no rules. I have to do this over and over again. Might yeah. as well do it once. I think that's a flaw in this movie, as far as time loops movies go. Is they only have twelve days, so you can't have like insane things happen. Right? You know, you can't. Mm. Have you don't her get that like Groundhog yeah. Day. Like I'm gonna kidnap the groundhog and kill myself. Day because you can't waste a day of the twelve days. Mm -hmm. Though I do think some of these days just blur together for me. Yeah, it's that's true. And totally I, I, I almost wish they would have just done something more in, insane because when we'll, we'll get to it. But when yeah. we get to like fourth scene with the 
Christmas lights guy, I'm like, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, agreed. we don't have to fix everyone in this movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so they could have cut some of the like character development things and instead put in a, a crazy fight scene with with Kate v Nancy and yeah, 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 like her big like, oh, it's just a dream and I can do whatever I want is like she eats a bunch of donuts, which yeah. is. Fine, but it's not that crazy. Yeah, yeah. she only has hair. one yeah. throwaway yeah. day. Oh yeah, which, she goes goth for a little bit. Yeah, you want that montage of like throwaway days where the person is clearly like losing their minds from repeating. Yeah, but you can't have that when the movie's premise has to be for this Christmas song that it's twelve dates <laughs> of Christmas. She can't rob yeah. the department store, and like she can't really be shown to be a true master of time and do some like yes. cool things that you know would have you'd have to try a hundred times to get perfect and she you know yes. you don't we don't get to see anything fun like that she does learn how to bake relatively quickly In, but instantly wild how good at baking <laughs> she, she is she can't she doesn't know what utensils are in the first be, beginning and then by the end she can like she's like a master baker so um, while she's doing other stuff every day that's what gets me it's not like she takes a whole day just to work on baking it's always like I did other things and I guess I had time to bake a fucking gingerbread house while I was doing all yeah. these other things um, so anyways back at back at the house she is yes. talking with her dad she's ragging on Sally um, I Sally wrote down sucks. his new wife so whatever <laughs> she reveals to oh, my dad, second favorite line coming up Okay, <laughs> she, oh, I hope it's one that I wrote down too uh, <laughs> It's incredible. She reveals to uh, her dad and Sally that Miles cut the date short because she was going to meet up with her ex. Sally's mom is, is says, Miles is the sweetest boy in the whole world. Or Sally's mom. Sally. Kate's. Sally. Sally yes. says, Miles is the sweetest boy in the, whole, in the whole world. Well, I'll call him tomorrow and apologize. And she says, that ship has sailed. You blew your chance. You can't go back and change it. <laughs> I know my favorite... Uh, line is when Sally confused. She says, "I always get Iowa and Ohio oh, confused, yeah. <laughs> or something like that." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" I always about? get those two confused. <laughs> what do you mean you get them confused? In what way? In yeah, what when context? are they coming up together all the time? You have no. So this, it's not that unbelievable to me because my wife, bless her heart, she she can't. She's she's like it's like she's never looked at a map before, you know. Like, I'm terrible at geography, but I just don't even understand what she means by I always get them confused. <laughs> what is happening that it's coming up that she's getting them confused? Like, does she not know where she is or <laughs> she doesn't remember the names that they're separate names? I, I, I don't. Yes. Sorry. It's true. I don't know. I mean, they're both like they're both Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. They're both politically important. You know, it's uh -huh. and so maybe it's something where she just gets him gets him confused. Which ones? I don't know. I have no idea. No clue. I guess I don't know enough traits about either state to know what you could confuse about them. You know, like if it was like, oh, Iowa, where Cedar Point is, you know, like maybe that I, I could understand that kind of confusion. But I. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a ridiculous line. No, but yeah, my wife, like we keep look at we go to Missouri like we've been to the Lake of the Ozarks of Missouri like six times together. Right. And she looks mm -hmm. at a map and, and like points to like North Dakota as thinking that's where that that's where Missouri is. And it's just, <laughs> it just, it just makes Carrie and I are similar in that way. Cause I've been to 
Arizona many times, and I work for a company that is housed in Arizona. I don't know where Arizona is at on a map. <laughs> I have no idea where it is. <laughs> Couldn't tell you in a million years. That's wonderful and pitiful. <laughs> Mostly pitiful. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I like Sally's line there because you expect Sally to be like, oh, you would think like maybe she says like, oh, it's okay, Kate. But at this point, I don't like Kate and... I don't think she deserves miles and Sally doesn't really either. So she's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? That ship sailed. You blew your chance. He like, <laughs> I threw you a bone here with this really nice dude and you, you blew it. So whatever. And you can't go back and change it. Or can you? Mm-hmm. Kate goes to bed. It's 1159 and the TV flips on. She's sleeping. Okay. Before that though, she says to her oh, dad, yeah. the best line of the movie. I'm going to try to deliver it. Like she does. <clears throat> Dad, nothing is like it used to be. If it was, mom would still be alive. Okay, Bones, I love it because my note underneath the Iowa, Ohio confusion is just laugh my ass off at her bringing up her dead mom so awkwardly and bluntly at Christmas. So, so, yes. so brutal. And Sally just like wanders off into the other room like so sad. It's just like, what is wrong with you, lady? Yeah. yeah. Sally, I just one last note on Sally before we move on to... She gets my worst performer award. I think she's a terrible actress. Uh, that's Sorry, I Sally. It. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think I had and a what worst a dumb, award, what a dumb statement, too. Nothing is like it used to be. Mm-hmm. If it was, Mom would still be alive. It's like, you are right. You've successfully uh, discussed the, the nature who, of events. Who like, brings that I mean, up? Like, who? Right. What, does she not have any sadness towards that event anymore? Like, you know, it's just like, like I don't know. nothing Maybe. is like it used to be. I used to be 12. Be like, yeah, we, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is established. To just throw it in her dad's face like that yeah, and in I front know. of Sally is. Here's brutal. what she's done this Christmas Eve. All right. <laughs> she has derailed a blind date with a widower. We're going to find out <laughs> right. uh, that her, that her stepmom type equivalent set her up on that the plan was to bring him back to this Christmas Eve gathering. So her family is counting on like four people being there. Right. But she's fucked it up so badly that this now this guy is spending Christmas Eve alone and her family's plans are thrown off on what they're going to bring. And then while she's sitting there complaining about how horrible her life is, once she gets her dad alone, she's like, you suck because you've moved on from my dead mom and your new girlfriend sucks and I hate her. Like, what a shitty person to have at your Christmas we have, Eve. We have a lot of room to grow for Katie. For Kate. Yes, know? we do. A lot of room yes. for her to grow. So I have two more lines written down okay. and I can't wait to show how they contrast with that whole bit too. This, oh, good. This person's insane. Good. That's later. Yeah, okay. So, right, that's done now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So Kate goes to bed. It's 11 and 59. She's sleeping. The, the TV flips on. Max is in her bed. Her dog starts barking at the Home Shopping Network ad about a jeweled partridge in a pear tree. The music swells. The ticking of a clock becomes more and more overwhelming until... After ruining a blind date on Christmas Eve due to her obsession with winning back her ex-boyfriend, a goal-oriented woman named Kate wakes up to find that she's stuck reliving the same day and date over and over again. Can she break free from the cycle, help the people around her have the best Christmas Eve possible, and find love along the way? Find out this week on the Made for TV podcast, because we're talking 12 dates of Christmas! 
future presentation. On the twelfth pot of cast, Miss Made for TV gave to you twelve comings, comings, eleven hours of griping, ten wives of weeping, nine leads who can't sing, eight sequel milking, seven wiki skimming, six guns a slaying, five gold scott zings, four cash corners, three out of tens, two hosts you love, and a bad made for TV movie. I hate that song. Um. That was uh, that was really good, Scott. Oh, thanks. That was wait a second. Wait, I, wait hold up. Wait. Whoa! I hope your audience is ready for thirty minutes of Chili's talk because I've got a New Year's <laughs> Christmas Eve story for you. Wait a second. Wait. Hold on. Whoa! Wait, whoa! Whoa! We've already we've already done this before. I'm confused. What? Oh my gosh! You're right, guys. We're stuck in a time loop that is going to not loop again no, because we don't want to deal with it <laughs> multiple times. Oh it's my not, God! To Scott's dismay, we're not gonna do it again because that was your whole, that was your plan, right? To do this twelve yeah. times or something. Like yeah, that, but this so. would be a nightmare to do this twelve <laughs> times. We're not gonna. We want the credit for doing the joke once. We want you to be laughing. We don't want to do it again. Good. Here's our guest, Mitch. Hey, we're on day two of this movie. Um, if you had said the, or sung the song, you know, from one to twelve every mm-hmm. time the show started over, that could be a thing. It could have been a thing. I thought about that, but the movie opens with the full twelve days, and I thought I wanted to mirror the opening of the film. You know, you're right. It's yeah. a better move. It was uh, a good twelve days. Got to keep the integrity of the film. In <laughs> can we get back to talking the movie now? Let's after do it. That Let's joke? do it because. So, I immediately have to bring up, this is the worst time loop decision I've ever seen to have it like pause and rewind and do a bad PowerPoint transition where it like spirals off screen and back to her waking up. The time loop formula is so clearly established that you reach the end of the day and you hard cut back to the reset point. Like... Yeah, why does she have to like fall asleep and then do a rewind like a V V? Yeah, it VCR rewinds every thing. time or like freeze frames and then rewinds. It changes how it does it. Yeah, every yeah time. It's, and there's just there's nothing I, set up. It's not <laughs> the partridge. Like there's no there's no mechanism for why this is happening like at all. Yeah. Right, and it's it, and it looks bad. It looks like a power transition. <laughs> looks like an iMovie thing, and it's wonderful. It's great. It's a Christmas. It's, it's a made-for-TV Christmas movie thing. Right? It's just like it's been established since Groundhog Day. You just pick like a shot with with a a key thing that you can just cut back to as your reset point. It's the radio with "I Got You, Babe" playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you need something like that for your time loop. Someone waking up suddenly. She it it could just be a shot of her waking up suddenly on the floor of the of the mall that she's in. Yeah. It's yeah. just so weird that it actually rewinds it. I've never seen a time loop movie that rewinds it and makes you watch it rewind. And we do get that. That's how it rewinds. And we hear a partridge in a pear tree. Katie opens her eyes and she's on the floor in the department store. I spritzed you and you fell. That was yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone tries to tell Katie that it was that it today is Christmas Eve, but she's insisting, well, it's, it's Christmas now. It's uh, Christmas Eve was yesterday. Mm-hmm. She immediately finds Miyoko and retraces her steps to the oh. park. We have to pause because I wrote down my favorite line. Good. Um, which I think is like right when she wakes up and she has the bag at the store and she says, 
the present I got Jack that he drove off with out loud to herself in case we <laughs> in the audience didn't understand that she was confused about it being a time loop or that she had this present again. I, I Thank I goodness she said that I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> nonsense that exposition moment. out loud. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's restra- retracing her steps to the park. She's insisting that she's seen everything before, everything that's happening. As they're walking, we see... Two turtle doves, kids dressed as turtle doves, frolicking down the street. Ooh. And the little doo-doo-doo-doo plays as we see these kids. And so that's our key. Did you mm-hmm. did you notice the rest of these throughout the movie, bitch? Because I know I talked to Scott. He said he did not notice that this was even I was not thing. looking for them. <laughs> not at all. In fact, in my notes, I did start with day one. And then I had day two, and then I had day three, and then I put day three through whatever, and yeah. I just yeah. lost it. I was watching this. I watched this movie twice, and I just don't know when day four starts. Yeah, I, I think and, I, and when twelve. I ends. caught like less than half of these, like uh, of these, uh, the the things, the gifts, the twelve day gifts or whatever throughout and so mm-hmm. i had to go through and find the rest of them and <laughs> the last one was pretty hard well the second to last one i should say the the love of pipers was very difficult but we'll get to mm-hmm. it don't worry um we uh so yeah so the kids are yeah so we see the turtle doves they get inside the apartment after again grabbing the cherry chocolate chip from miss frumpkin in the apartment, Katie Kate has convinced herself it's a dream and comes to the realization that since it's a dream, she can do anything she wants. So she puts on a purple dress. That would be just ridiculous to wear in New York in December because it's a, a, a skimpy dress. She, so, mm-hmm. she shows up to the date with Miles, tells the waitress that uh, I still hate beer and uh, demands that Miles <laughs> tell her if, she has, if he has met her before. Uh, they start talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get close at one point, and I think Miles smells her and tells her that she it smells like you smell like honey. Yeah, and she says honey doesn't have a smell. Honey doesn't have yeah, a smell. Is, like what's wrong with her? <laughs> like uh, here's a here's amazing the thing. flirting. That line was so random that it actually <laughs> made me question if honey has a smell. Yeah. Like it's such a preposterous thing to posit that I was like. Is it true? And the screenwriters like wanted to include that in there because they know it doesn't have a smell. Like, is that a fun she, fact? Why else would you have a character say so confidently? Yeah, she states that, it with such confidence. Yeah, yeah. honey doesn't have what a smell, fuck? does it? <laughs> Are you the listener listening to the podcast? Are you questioning it now? And he's just like, "What's wrong with you?" I tried to say something nice. Yeah, I nearly got up and went to my kitchen to find honey to smell it, and I was like, "This is not worth." I'm gonna go this. smell this some is honey not right now. You, didn't Can you guys a keep talking. Of this movie. Of course, I couldn't risk try. anything passing me by. Mm-hmm. Um, they start like talking over each other, and they both kind of like blurt out at the same time. Like Katie, Kate mentions her boyfriend, and Miles mentions his wife at the same time. <gasps> Katie asks no questions and asks all no. offended that Miles has a wife, and uses despite this- the fact <laughs> that he refers to her in the past tense. <laughs> yes, when he says my wife was also a terrible cook or whatever, like. <laughs> Okay, I have some honey. You got honey? Oh, good. He got honey. This 1,000% has a smell. (laughs) Are you sure? What does it smell like? I am deeply familiar with the smell of honey. Yes. Are you holding a a DVD copy of the film Honey right now? (laughs) Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it smells like Jessica Alba. That's who's in that. (laughs) I think so. I think that's right. Um, This is Kroger brand Clover Honey. 
U.S. grade A, and it smells like honey. And if you would just go smell some honey, you would be like, yeah, yeah duh, that's, that's what, what honey, honey smells like. like. <laughs> and you would wonder why this movie says honey doesn't have a smell so confidently because that's it's insane. Well, we said this was an investigative podcast and we got to the bottom of one mystery, at least during it. <laughs> Check it off the list, boys. <laughs> We're doing it. All right. Uh yeah, so, yeah, Katie asks no questions, asks, asks all offended that Miles has a wife, and she uses the moment to hate on Sally some more, saying, why did Sally set me up with a guy who has a wife? Ah. As if Sally would do that. Like, what? I, I know Sally from 10 seconds of one scene, and I know immediately her character is not that she is setting you up to be an adulteress. Yeah. Like, with this guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're on a blind date that someone else said you should go on, and you're just going to be like, what? Yeah. No. Do you think maybe the guy who is available for a blind date on Christmas Eve and referred to his wife in the past tense might not actively be married right now? I don't know. And trying to drop that knowledge on you in the first five <laughs> minutes as he's cheating on his wife? <laughs> on Christmas Eve, and they're going. he's coming over to the family family's house yeah. later without his wife. So... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so she leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate's out of there. Uh, while waiting for Jack, she talks to Sally on the phone, asks her why she didn't mention that Miles has a wife. Sally responds with uh, what I wrote down was just a hilarious line. His wife is dead, Katie. She died about a year ago. And uh, uh, I just like the bluntness. I, Sally's so yeah. blunt. I love the she I is. Love okay, how so- blunt <laughs> Sally is. I wrote down because of this phone conversation that a Sally's an even worse actor on the phone. Um, But also like the way that the people talk in this movie and they get their exposition out, like they're constantly whiplashing emotionally. Like, Oh, his wife is dead. And then it'll be like two seconds later, Kate will be on a completely different emotional wavelength and they're just spewing lines at each other. And it reminded me of moving on, you know? Yeah. It it reminded me of a, a, the sketch from, I think you should leave. Where the um, <laughs> where the guy has the other actor in the play who's stealing his lines by saying them faster than him, <laughs> like the way the people talk in this movie feels like that sketch to me. <laughs> Let's continue. Yeah. So my, my, my next my next note is actually funny because it it's exactly such. I say Kate actually shows some remorse for a second, but it's short lived as Jack <laughs> shows up. She tries to be all seductive Ugh. and tell him that. She knows he's going to the cabin with Nancy. So she did find out. You're right, Scott. So she he's going she knows that he's going to the cabin with Nancy, but her plan backfires when she pushes hard for answers. Oh, she does find out that Jack is planning ah, to propose to okay. Nancy at the cabin this I'm time. Sorry, I blew the surprise, guys. I'm sorry. You blew it. Yeah. She is freezing outside, so she goes inside, lays in bed, mm-hmm. eats her cherry chocolate chip loaf, and rolls over to fall asleep. Because she's all sad again, because not only does he have a boyfriend, but they're getting married. So, Cam, want to highlight the dog's performance in this moment? Oh yeah, uh, the dog stares at the cherry chip loaf, and its tail wags like perfectly, like a metronome with the music. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. Like the ticking of the clock. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. yeah, that was great. Maybe great he dog is acting. the time master. It could be. Oh, he was the one who turns on the TV and activates the magic gem on the home shopping network every night maybe max is the city of new york itself oh my god the spirit <laughs> of new york 
<laughs> is he watching the kiss at the end? Well, spoiler. At the very end oh of the movie. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler the whole movie. Maybe he's watching at the end when this time loop ends. Or maybe it doesn't end. Maybe they don't end up together. There's a moment at the end with, with Max where there's a little girl carrying the dog. And it's a very just like, oh, that's just a dog kind of moment. Because there's like a, there's like a basket of oranges on the side of some... I don't even know shelf or whatever, and the dog just like clearly just like wants those oranges. Yeah, it's just like whoa, what's that? It's so like natural, just like yeah, dog just like walked past the thing, was very interested for a hot second, and uh, I liked that. Uh, Very moment of pure life captured on film, right there. Massive bowl of oranges in this in Sally's house. Camera moves to the TV. Uh or to the to the clock which shows it's 11:59 again. The TV flips yeah. on. This time Katie wakes up when the TV flips on. She sees the partridge eyes light up and time begins to go backwards. And we hear a partridge in a pear tree. Uh she wakes yeah. up in the department store and sighs. Uh cut to her at her doctor's office, which is which is great. I love this, that this is the next thing she does. Because this is, I think, what most people would probably do if they were experiencing something like this, right? <laughs> like, there's something obviously terribly wrong where you're waking up and reliving the same day. Um, so she... Yeah, but this implies you can see your doctor just, like, on a moment's notice. On Christmas that, Eve as well. On <laughs> Christmas Eve, yes. And uh, I think that she has somewhat of a... Uh, a, do- a doctor-patient relationship with this doctor. They seem to know each other, and she seemed to talk to him before. But she cuts the. We cut to the doctor's office, and um, she's walking back with the doctor to the room. So, like, just in the hallway, and she's like yelling at him, saying that she thinks she has a brain tumor. Uh, do- doctor is all gaslighty and diagnoses her with holiday <laughs> anxiety, and it just yep. feel. She just feels like she's reliving the same day over and over. Um, but uh and there's no need to do any further any he further pres- work he just prescribes her like sleeping pills yeah, to he's knock like take her a out, couple basically. of these and you'll wake up on christmas yeah i was gonna ask what your thoughts on him as a doctor were because wow. that felt pretty sketchy well, to me that someone what, shows up Scott, and is like my oh, good. my pager's going off because it's dr davidson's <laughs> diagnosis it's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. What's wrong with them? So, uh, yeah, you may you may have been wondering if I was going to try and diagnose why she's experiencing the same day over and over and over again. Um, yeah. Uh, not really going in that direction because it's probably just a delusional disorder. There is an erotomanic type of, of delusional disorder where a, a patient believes that another person is secretly in love with them. So maybe she has this going on with her ex-boyfriend. Not really. Um, there's supposedly deja vu can happen in your temporal. It comes from your temporal lobe. So you might be able to have seizures in your temporal lobe in a specific area. This has never been diagnosed. This is just really me shooting something out there to try and explain something where you would have a seizure, a localized seizure in the temporal lobe where you would just keep having deja vu all day long thinking you've experienced it already. And that's probably the closest thing that I would be able to diagnose her with. But as a doctor, if someone comes to me like freaking out, you don't just choose to say it's uh it's it's anxiety like chill out right away (laughs) 
And so I wanted to focus on the doctor because he's got some biases going on here. There's a few diagnostic biases that we look out for as as physicians, things that um, you uh, you think about, um, you have to keep in mind so you don't fall into a pitfall where you're making uh, a wrong diagnosis for one uh, for uh, for for a bad reason. And so the one that he is seemingly is really um, falling into is is the idea of premature closure. Um, essentially, he's jumping to a conclusion after finding out one like having one thought of what's going on and doesn't ask any more questions and just jumps to a conclusion <laughs> and says, look, this is anxiety because you are coming back, like yelling at me in the hallway. Clearly she's very anxious about this. He's like, you're anxious. Just here's some sleeping pills. And that's the end of the visit. And so obviously that's pretty terrible. I don't want to say that this doctor is a terrible doctor. Maybe he's just falling into one of these pitfalls, but this one's pretty egregious. It's pretty bad to not ask any more questions and just like have the patient tell you that one thing. And so, and so <laughs> he's got some anchoring bias as well. He's locked onto a diagnosis too early. He's failing to adjust to any new information that she's telling him. And he's got a little overconfidence bias where he's just over-reliant on his own intuition and judgment on this scenario when really he should be asking questions like, are you like you, you're actually like believe that all of this has happened, you know, before mm -hmm. for multiple days and you know what, ha you know, there's a lot going on. She's clearly, she cl like clearly is having a delusion if I was in his seat, like that needs mm -hmm. to be discuss further instead of just you're just anxious and so um so yeah that's essentially my diagnosis that this doctor is uh not so great at least in this scenario dr davidson's diagnosis it, it's like funny that's the one time the script decides we we got to keep things moving here is when like this doctor's just like yeah take some sleeping pills get out of here the yeah, one yeah. time they're like listen this in a doctor, hurry to get through a scene <laughs> it's christmas eve katie seems like kind of a pill you know so he's like eh, he's the only one that gets it he's like i'm trying to go home <laughs> i don't know why you people are going on dates tonight i don't know why you guys have hockey practice today but i am done it is christmas eve i want to see my family go to he sleep i kind of right i kind of get it yeah he gives me the impression him. that that they have had a, a long history together of probably talking about her anxiety or something because he, he just seems mm -hmm. to like say nope you're anxious like that's fine and uh and he just sees what he looks to be a panic attack anxiety attack and uh goes with it gives her some like some fun pills to take that night to to go to sleep and then uh yeah, so he could keep moving and get home for Christmas. So Yeah, he's probably like, I'll give her these pills to knock her out so she's not a threat to anybody. And then if she wakes up tomorrow and it's still a fucking problem, she can come and bother <laughs> me. You know, like I'll deal with it tomorrow. On Christmas. I gotta get home. Yeah. 
But so where does she go from there, Kyle? From the doctor's office. Where That's to? That's it. That's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. No, we're done with this. I've already put the song in before Mitch started talking. <laughs> How dare you? People are going to think you're an idiot right now. All right. Next scene. She meets Jack at his apartment. This is much earlier in the day um, that she's like at his apartment. While she's waiting, she is passed by three chefs carrying a plate of three cooked hens with the French flag toothpicks in them. A.K.A. Three French Hens. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Jack is carrying bags. Kate asks him, hey, what do you got there? Did you get the ring today to propose to Nancy at your cabin in the woods? He's weirded out that <laughs> she knows that. He encourages her. She is so bad at like playing it cool. Yeah, she does not play it cool. She stuff. can't handle her the knowledge she has. She just cannot. She blurts it out at every second. And nobody is yeah, like, everyone's a little bit weirded out, but not enough. You know, like <laughs> he should definitely be super weirded out that she knows She's stalking him is what yeah. he must think. Like that's like, dangerous. Yeah. Like I, I feel, I would, yeah, I would feel violated and scared of my ex-girlfriend who is doing this. So. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's saying you need to get out there and experience new things. Uh, she asks him uh, on the way out, she's like, Hey, what time did you get the ring? And he says noon. And so she finds out that, yeah, basically we know it's going to come tomorrow. Yeah. She's going to meet him at the jeweler store. Right. So she, uh, she shows up to the bar pretty early and, um, Mr. Nathan Lane lookalike, uh, slash, Corey Feldman slash whatever. Uh, <laughs> Rivers Cuomo. Rivers yeah. Cuomo. Uh, he yeah. meets her at the door asking if she's Phyllis. She says no, and we find out that his name is Toby. She sees that Miles is already at the bar as well, also very mm-hmm. early for the date. She sits down next to him and, fi- and finds out they both have a theory on getting to dates early so they can eat and not look like a pig on the date. Uh, she he orders mozzarella sticks and she asks him if she can join him on the sticks and he says yes. I thought this was strange. This is like is she crazy like crazy to me? Is she like wanting yes. to eat his mozzarella sticks? Like I guess she's essentially invite at like inviting herself to a date with this man before he has a date. Right. Like yeah, it, I'd be like no, I'm deeply uncomfortable with this yeah. because when a stranger who I've agreed to meet. Uh, in this already awkward circumstance shows up and I am enjoying food with another woman, I will feel like an asshole. So no, I will not have mozzarella (laughs) sticks with you, lady. Yeah. And then to compound it, after he agrees, this, I wrote down, psycho stranger sits down next to you, asks if she can share mozzarella sticks with you, and then asks how your wife died. Uh, like, what do you do? Like, wh- how do you even handle that situation that this stranger is like <laughs> just Ugh. coming up to you before you have a date, inviting herself to be with you, and then making you talk about your dead wife? Like, it's it's absurd. It's insane. It is. He is a little weirded out by it, but not enough. Like, like yeah. I said, you should be pretty weirded out by this woman. <laughs> um, yeah, they talk about the, the wife, um, and he's like, he tells her that his wife died a year ago, and she responds by saying, she just so you know, I didn't know she was dead. And he's like, yeah, I know, we just met, I just told you that. And it's like... Yeah. Thank you, lady. I like that he's like, he says something about how like it wasn't like a huge tragedy yes, or something. It's, yeah, it's, he's like, it's not a <laughs> like, lifetime what? tragedy, you know. 
Uh, what are she you was, talking oh, yeah. about? Your wife died. Yeah, it, it wasn't this big tragedy. Look, she was cleaning the gutters on my house in the country. <laughs> she fell off the ladder, and I found her later. And I'm like, that's it's a, such also, a needlessly grisly way for her to have died. Let me tell you, that is 100% how someone dies in a Lifetime movie. I would know. <laughs> so go. he's he's really is underselling he it because that movie? it's. Is there some sort of connection <laughs> yeah, we... to this? Is, that, is he in that movie? Is this his Ooh, story? There we go. Is this a, that would be is great. that the prequel to this? I it's I just so weird to be like <laughs> it's a weird choice when writing this movie to not have it be like it was natural causes, she had a disease, you know, like I always knew she was gonna die. It was terminal, like when I married her or something. And instead it's just yeah, I was I was out of the house and she fell off a fucking ladder and died like yeah i have a lot of guilt about it cleaning the gutters on the house and just fell off the ladder and died like it's a brutal way to die to fall to your death i feel like it's not like a sweet romantic movie death yeah it's not anything that endears him around in the magazine aisle at the store and just just took my time getting home it just adds some I stopped for yeah. gas. I didn't really need it, but it was like ten cents <laughs> cheaper at this gas station. Dude, than I, the had one three, I had three quarters of a tank. I don't even know what I was doing. I just wanted a mountain dew. She asked me to clean the gutters and I didn't do it. And so yeah, she like, got <laughs> up and did it and died. Uh she okay. makes some references about him that like he plays hockey. He seems to feel like they're having a real connection because like they're really clicking, but we it feels yeah. terrible to us because we know Kate is a terrible person who's just kind of like manipulating him. So it just <laughs> yes. feels bad, and you just feel bad for, for Miles. And so she packs up to leave and tells Miles that, you know, if, if your date doesn't show up later, it may be because she still loves her ex and is desperately trying to get back with them. Just don't worry about it. So she leaves with, you know, it's kind of a jerk move to... Like just leave them there. Yeah. Why don't you just be like, I'm. I was supposed to meet you, but I can't go on the date. I have something else that came up. I wanted to come here and let you know in person. She has like, like rather than making yeah. him waste his fucking night. She has like no bar. empathy for anybody. Like she <laughs> yeah. doesn't understand. She doesn't. Uh, yeah, none at does all. Does not understand how other people might feel in any situation. So she gets to her apartment later than usual and finds the cherry chip loaf sitting outside her door she picks it up and knocks on the door to tell miss frumpkin that her loaf is delicious miss frumpkin is obviously confused because the package is it's still wrapped like she hasn't unwrapped the loaf she hasn't tried it yet so how would she know it tastes good i don't know kate says she wants the recipe and miss frumpkin says well i could do you one better she grabs her arm and takes her inside the house to have her help bake after they bake uh, Miss Frumpkin real, reveals that her secret ingredient is honey. And Kate oh says, gosh. huh, honey does have a taste or a smell. Sorry. <laughs> smell. I, I, huh. <laughs> okay. I know you want to blow through because, you know, we're dragging forever. We have a bunch of days to get through, but we can't just go gloss over the fact that uh, Margine, Miss Frumpkin, whatever her name is, she asked Kate to grab a spatula. Yes, and Kate grabs like four different utensils, not knowing what a spatula is. <laughs> yes. But one of the things she's holding is a spatula. That's what gets me. And Miss Frumpkin grabs a different spatula and is like, oh, "You're gonna have a lot to learn." It's like, why didn't you take the spatula on, out of idiot. her fucking hand, Miss Frumpkin? It just really bugged me that she was wow. nagging her as if she didn't accurately grab a spatula. She did. She grabbed a also, spatula I, as well as everything yeah. else. Also, Miss Frumpkin had a real like kind of edge to her mm-hmm. that I kind of I liked just because it spiced up this movie a little bit. But I feel like 
she was also a little like uh, dry and intense. She's, I'm just well, like, Miss Frumpkin is in. She's the actor that's in the most stuff that I like. I vaguely recognized yeah, her. Me and too. I looked her up, and she's like, she's in Videodrome and Chicago and Hairspray and Dawn of the Dead and the Santa Claus. Yeah, and the Big Fat Greek Wedding. Like, she seems like a a higher caliber character actor than most of the yeah. background actors, I guess. She, she's working it in those scenes where everyone else is just there. <laughs> yes. That's it's And it just makes her character just a little stranger in that regard. Yeah, but yeah. I did like her. Good. Good. If you didn't like her, we'd be fighting right now. How dare you? <laughs> All right. Continue, um, Kyle. I think the day's going to reset any second. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Kate is now passed out in bed. It's 11.59. Partridge's eye... Partridge's eyes glow on the screen and she is back in the department store and we, uh, the camera cuts to a ring and then it pans out and there are five golden rings and she's in the jewelry store waiting for Jack, but wait, hold on. We didn't see our four calling birds. And so it pans up and then we see four calling birds. So they, they showed the golden rings and what? then they show that's bullshit you can't do birds. that i don't know so we got two two days in one there's another day that like resets really fast so i don't really know exactly how these days line up because it's the fourth day but we've already <laughs> seen five golden rings yeah that's weird Yeah, at this point at this point they're just happening and i just i'm like i guess there's 12 i'll i'll figure I it out down every day there are 12 days unless the the rings the diamond rings weren't meant to be the five golden rings and i just missed them after these four calling birds because they definitely like show these birds and they do the little maybe the rings well the next day i'm trying to think of what we'll get there and we'll think about it yeah i guess we'll get there so jack shows up they're in the jewel jewel jewelers and kate is trying to help him pick out the perfect ring once again he's Mm -hmm. a little weirded out by her knowing all the information also his (laughs) ex-girlfriend is trying to help him pick out a ring for his fiance yeah. that he's gonna propose to he doesn't ask enough questions he does say man i wish you were like this when we were together instead of being all focused on marriage <laughs> and that's strange i mean probably yes. what kate wants to hear but uh not something you should be telling your ex-girlfriend while you're looking for rings for your for who you want to be your fiance so yes uh She's walking down Central Park and stumbles across the man from earlier who was wrestling with... Okay, well, you've lost over another line I wrote down that I just have to say. Another spoken out loud line for no reason. After she has the... After it's clear that her ex is deeply in love with his new... The woman he's planning to propose to, obviously, and doesn't love Kate anymore, she turns around. We can read on her face quite clearly. She's decided to let this go. But instead, she says audibly... It's time to let I go. I have to let this yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to let Good, okay. What was that? I don't know. Just in case we're oh. too fucking dumb to understand what she was feeling. Like, Yeah, there's a few lines in here where it's just like, uh-huh, you've narrated this scene. <laughs> Thank you. That's a thing now. If you want, like, I might ruin some modern stuff for you guys, but anything that comes out in the last, like, five, six years, maybe even ten years, that has narration from the main character, listen to it and see if you could do without it. Oh, you're not ruining it. So much of it. feel that way. Okay, good. Because like I, I, now it bugs me and it's just like, they're just like, you know, I couldn't get over thinking about him. And it's like, yeah, we see you staring longingly at him. Yeah. That's my, I literally, it's my number one pet peeve in movies is when people 
audible. But it, they, they, they make things, they say things out loud that we can already read if the scene is well-directed and well-acted yeah. that you don't need to And it's say. in, like, every quirky show now, like, every Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I, I just hear... You just hear narration at the beginning. You're just like, why? And then yeah. you don't even hear it for a long time. You know what movie is it's great so dumb. not doing that that is seen, I've seen recently? The Power of the Dog. Did you guys see that one? Uh, yeah. Uh, I still oh. have to watch it. I, I love the, the subtle acting in that movie. It just feels like it's ex- expertly directed to me. Love Loved it. Jane Campion, a uh, good director, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Yes. So she's phenomenal. Also, future subject of this podcast for an episode will be Jane Campion in my uh, made for TV to Oscars miniseries because she has an Oscar for uh, best screenplay for the piano. And her first movie was a made for TV movie called the called Two Friends. Oh, so someday we'll get that wouldn't be that. a January, would it? What? A January? Could be January. <laughs> January? Well, she only has one movie. Oh, if you crap. wanted to do we'll it, find another Jane. One TV. We'll movie. review uh, Tarzan and Jane three times, and then hers. Oh, <laughs> Kill me. But guys, this is this is not this is not the power of the dog. This is a made-for-TV movie where people are yes. watching this movie on well, Netflix. Well, this movie could be called the power of the dog if Max <laughs> is yes, the one Max. who is resetting time. <laughs> Twelve Dates of Christmas, aka the power of the dog. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the narration is great for this because most people are watching this while they're baking cookies or, you know, we got to have that that obvious narration they can overhear because they're not people aren't yeah. fully paying attention to this. Right. So that's fair. <laughs> this is a background viewing movie. Um, uh, she is. Yeah. So we're walking down Central Park, stumble, cr- stumbles across the man from earlier who is wrestling with the Christmas light ball. He now has mm-hmm. a girl with him who's holding like another ball of lights and she she talks to her and she says that every year he goes to the park and makes a big light up snowflake for her. And she's very much over it. She hates the tradition. So Kate just invites her over to her dad's house for a drink and it cuts to them hours later, totally wasted jumping on the couches. And it's just hilarious to me that she, Who, like, why, what was my, I couldn't even believe it when this happened. Honestly. This was, this was the weirdest scene. Yes. I like missed the conversation. The first time I saw it, I watched it with my mom. She hated me for making her watch this. And, and we get to that part where I'm, and I, I'm like checking back in. I'm just like, who is this? <laughs> where did this woman come from? Who is this? And then it's like the movie's not quite sure. No. And I was just like, this is unhinged. Yeah, she it, she leaves her that, like boyfriend on Christmas Eve to hang out with this stranger girl for like of all most of the of situations the in this movie that are ludicrous to be doing on Christmas Eve. This one definitely takes the cake. This to, is so weird. To go and with a stranger like this, uh, back to her home that you've never met in the park who's clearly going to fucking murder you. <laughs> to yeah. leave your boyfriend behind who's making you a present while you're doing it. And for that boyfriend to not realize my girlfriend is leaving me alone. She clearly is not interested in this thing that I'm doing for her. I should stop. Like everybody is making just the most boneheaded decisions possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was like worried about the, I I think the performance of this kid her her name is Lee or something like that sure yeah her name's Lee which um, I I caught briefly yeah I'm pretty sure it's Lee her name is Lee goddammit. it 
Like I've wanted to point out the bad acting, but then I'm just like, how would anyone act (laughs) this scene? (laughs) What do you do? There's nothing relatable about it. So she's like, yeah, I can't. I love to jump on the couch. Imagine asking nobody does this for your motivation in that scene. Like probably right, just desperately being like, so all right. So I've known her for like two hours. I ditched my boyfriend. I'm jumping on a couch like a child, and I'm drinking something and she's eating donuts so okay all right no all right i'll do it okay <laughs> yeah how much am i getting paid it's just yeah okay, okay i'll do it two hundred dollars okay <laughs> yeah for this whole week yeah, so yeah lee is insignificant her dad and sally get home to this helmet and see the friends i guess they're friends now and uh the lee just leaves like she's She's yep. out. So she. They had the energy when the dad and mom walked, or Sally walked in. It had the energy of like teen girl having her first lesbian experience, yes, and her parents walked does. in. Like it was that right? vibe. Because <laughs> that would have. That's what it. That could have been more reasonable. <laughs> it would have been much more. Reasonable. You know what? My dorky boyfriend making these Christmas lights has allowed me to see that I am not into this, yes. and here comes this confident. Uh, a woman, and I think I'm gonna, I gonna give it a shot. <laughs> exactly. So anything would make uh, more sense. So I, I, yes. I love it. <laughs> she leaves. Uh, so, so they, Sally and and her dad come home, and they reveal that they brought brought Miles with them, mm-hmm. which is funny to me because they're like, <laughs> oh, you didn't show up for the date, so we just brought him over. Like, it. Miles is pathetic. Yeah, that's all I can Miles. say. Like, Poor Miles. Like I get, he must really love Sally. I guess, right? Like he just wants to hang. Uh, he, with, yeah, he's just being just nice wants to, to Sally. Spend time with Sally. He, so he's proven what uh, he's doing. What Kate clearly can't, which is just respect Sally and just <laughs> and have empathy for other people and fulfill her wishes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, my my day's booked. All right, it's Christmas Eve. I don't care. Like what Sally got to do, I'll I'll we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, she God. leaves with okay. uh, Miles for a walk. They decide to just go outside for a walk, uh, and she gets to know him a bit more. He is a park architect, a park architect. Uh, she tells Miles that she has been uh, such a bitch to him. He is confused at that since she hasn't yet. Um, she's just talking about the previous days. She confides in him that she felt like she should have done a lot of things different in her previous relationship. He said, well, you could have changed everything but one thing, fate. If you weren't meant to be together, then you would have been. So they said they decide to go to Nick's bar where they were supposed to meet earlier for their date. Kate walks in and we see Toby looking at her with a knowing, uh, kind of a knowing look. And a, I guess a right, partridge yeah. in a pear tree playing whimsically. What was I, this? Oh, no. She looks at him and she's, she just says, you know something and tracks him down. So at this point, we're thinking, what is Toby like? Father Christmas here, like, what's happening? Is he behind all this time loop stuff? Because she is suspicious of Toby for this. So he is briskly walking away. She catches up to him, pins him against the wall, and unfortunately, he doesn't know why the night keeps repeating. He has no no idea what's going on. He does ask her if she is Phyllis. Uh, she's not Phyllis. Katie, Kate yells in, in defeat, You don't understand. I have no idea how to make this night end. And just as she yells that, Miles <laughs> walks in and hears that and understandably takes it as she is miserable with her with their date and just trying to escape or something. So 
it's it, it's it's of course the classic like oh he was right behind me yeah mm-hmm. which feels very tropey but you got to think about that whole scene and how it would have played out with no edits which is that you see a stranger at a bar and you go it's you and that person your date that you just met follows a stranger to the back of the restaurant <laughs> aggressively and then pin- like of course he's going like what's happening and like has to go investigate yes. so it's actually the most realistic like oh they were right behind me moment i've seen because what she is doing is again yes. unhinged yes yeah and he is i think it's very understandable that he just like okay i just this woman just visibly... i don't think that it's understandable that he feels offended by what she was yelling which is kind of his vibe but i do think leaving the bar and leaving the date behind would be the right call yeah i think it would just be i would just be like oh okay she's nuts i'm leaving not yeah, oh this she doesn't guy... want me i'm gonna oh, here she, yeah, she. she hates me yeah. Well, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. He... I thought for sure I was going to hate this guy for the lager moment. And he, he went, completely he gets yeah, through he's it. He's charming. Yeah. Like he is innocent entirely for, because of her absurd behavior. Yes. The lager is a and distant the more past. we <laughs> find out about him, the more Kate finds out about him. He just continually becomes more and more of a saint of a human, essentially. Uh-huh. So, um, so he pieces out. Kate offers to buy Toby a drink until Phyllis shows up. Uh, it cuts. She's back in bed now, staring at the clock. I really thought Toby was going to be in bed with her. I thought that would have been uh, so funny. <laughs> uh, so the clock's showing 1159 when the TV turns on and the partridge turns back time once again. Katie wake, walk, wakes up in the department store and thanks the people around her for always being there for her. Um, they, of course, know have no idea what she's talking about. She passes her drinking buddy in the park and says, hi, Lee. And uh, she obviously has no clue who she is. She's back in her apartment and actually answers Miles' call when he calls to confirm the date tonight. She decides to change the date, and they go out and get a Christmas tree. They seem to have a great time, and she makes him lift an entire tree up the stairs to her apartment. Yeah, that was pretty shitty. Yeah, like, just bring this tree up. Like, this is she's still really in abnormal it. She's still for a first it. date. Like, because they yeah. get inside, she... He helps her decorate the whole house. She's kind of telling him where things go. It just feels like I'd feel so used if this is a first date, I think. like I think maybe Miles is planning on killing himself on Christmas. Like <laughs> That's the only way I can understand why he just goes along with anything that happens happily. He's just like, uh, my last night on Earth, here we go. Like, did either of you guys watch uh, Single All the Way that just came out? Single no, All the Way? Single All the Way, but that sounds yeah, like a masterpiece. It's on Netflix. It great. It's a... Uh, it's a Christmas rom-com starring a gay couple, which is really nice. Um, Jennifer Coolidge cameos. Uh, weird as ever. Uh, it's pretty fun, but there's the same sort of energy of like date. Like the guy goes on a date and is like, you know what? Let's mix it up. Let's do something fun. And they go Christmas tree shopping because the mom who loves Christmas decorations. This is a big thing in Christmas movies, by the way. This one actually doesn't really have that character. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of Sally. But there's someone who loves the decorations. Mm-hmm. It's their thing. Yeah. And the thing, it, it's the mom in this one. And she's like, she's got the whole house decked out. She's got her advent calendar that takes up a whole wall. And she unveils the new fake tree. It's like all white. And the family's like judging her because it's not a real tree. So the guy goes on a date, buys a real tree, drags it home, sets it up. 
And the mom comes in, it's just like, what, what about my tree? And the whole extended family is just like, it sucked. We have to do a real tree. <laughs> and I'm just like, and it they pull it, they try to twist it at this cute moment where the he's like, okay, but the reason I have a tree is that my date went well, you'll be happy. And she's like, okay, I am happy about that. But I was like, damn, the whole family is just yelling at the mom for just wanting a fun tree. Oh, and they sucks. all just <laughs> shit on her. She shouldn't have got it. a white tree. It's, and her it's fault. the same thing. Right? It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, let's buy a real tree. You carry it up. And he's just like, okay, I, I just guess. all right. How weird like, is it why to not does the tree have, have a tree to be yeah, on Christmas, Christmas Eve? Eve? Like <laughs> Right? Like getting a tree, I'm, it's like a new red flag for me. Like, no, we we don't need this. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Um so yeah, so they're decorating. They are decorating the the house or her apartment. Um, they have a moment where they get really close and they almost kiss, but they don't. Um, and uh, she makes him some apple cider, and she's pretty surprised when he says it's good. So this is our first hint, I guess, that maybe she's getting good at cooking things. I don't know. Okay, this might have been the only cute moment of the movie. I think. Yeah. I think That's decorating it. the tree, the little ornaments, like they had some chemistry in yeah. the scene. Yeah, there's some real chemistry felt... in this with them at the cutting down the tree. And it's, yeah, it seems like, oh, they actually might be good for each other here or at least make it yeah. to a second it's a, it's a bright spot. And then they go to church together and I'm back to like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. um, so uh, yeah, they are over at, at Kate's dad's house now, now eating dinner. Kate is starting to notice little things about her dad and Sally they maybe actually do love each other. And she like says it out loud again. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. You think maybe your dad loves this woman that lives with him? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> Is it cause she's so much of a void inside that she can't register what the emotions of love feel like. And so she can't even comprehend that other people have those emotions. Or is it just like, I mean, an extension of her lack of empathy that she doesn't even register that other people are feeling passionate feelings for each other. That was the thing about with with uh, was it Jack, her her ex, like her understanding of her relationship with him is so one sided. Mm-hmm. And it's he plays it very normally and, and, and just at a he feels sort of bad for her and embarrassed to just be like yeah no i uh i am happily with someone (laughs) and it just sort of seems like she just does not see beyond her own her own little uh uh orbit and it's the same thing she just like cannot comprehend her dad having a good time with even though she knows that sally lives there she just can't get it in her head and i do i like hate that this happens now because i feel like this reconciliation with sally should be like the end of the movie thing and she should do all these little people that she's met first before like reconciling with sally but out of nowhere it seems like she's had a character change and she's growing for no reason she loves sally yeah now. for yeah. no yeah. for no yeah. real good character growth reason she is saying that she like likes sally and oh they're good for each other now so okay that's a pretty big jump out of nowhere um miles takes kate to midnight mass kate doesn't re- <laughs> this was <laughs> this was wild this scene this has okay this is my other line um and she says so many versions of this, but 
she goes, they go walk into church and she, I'll try to deliver it again. It's my neighbor. She's so alone. I don't want that to be me. (laughs) What a horrible thing to say about someone and still make it about you. It's always about her. It's always about Kate. Yeah. And it's just. I, it's not like oh I, you know we, I don't want her to be alone uh, like let's sit with her like, yeah we just yeah, had she that was like, turn oh, my like neighbor, she's alone let's go sit with her like she's but, a great right, woman she just like, saw and, no, her it's still about her I really she's don't just getting it she's like how pathetic is that she went to church by herself <laughs> ew imagine if that was me uh, I would uh, kill myself if that's me <laughs> imagine ending up like that let's sit next to her yeah oh my god she's yeah. horrible um, <laughs> So they sit next to her. They're singing Christmas Carol in church. Uh, Miles and her touch hands, and Ooh. the clock just turns back time. Oh. It's midnight. We go back. So I no, guess we freeze frame and we go. No back. partridge this time. We're we're just we're going back because it's it's midnight. So uh, I spritzed you and you passed out. This time, Katie just lays. Kate <laughs> just lays there until they make her get up. She's very dejected because she was having really a perfect day. And now she just has to relive it again. She confides in one of the guys who's standing over her. Um, and she's like, Jim. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> and I, I like Jim. And he's like, uh, Who does it? He just takes her to a botanical garden to talk about things. And oh, cut this whole scene <laughs> out. Why do we have to know well, Jim? It comes back How later. Dare you? <laughs> Jim is an icon. All right. He's a nice guy, but. What is happening? I know there's 12 days they got to think of stuff. Yeah. But I don't like, know why she's confiding The amount of insane shit that happens after right. this. Yeah. I thought maybe they uh. were trying to make it so like each day's date was with a different person in a way. Like 12 oh, dates. Maybe. Yeah. That would make like, sense. Like it's not just, yeah. Like, <laughs> but not romantic. But no, they're so, all with Miles. <laughs> but they're not all like, yeah, but the thing is that they're not like, uh. Not every day feels like she has a new person that she meets, I guess. Like, I mean, like yesterday's or one of the days would have been with Lee, right? Like yeah. the, she has a date. Yeah, with they, Lee. they have day committed to that she, idea. One day was she has the date with Toby, Toby I guess, because she drinks with him. The one with the neighbor, the, this one with Jim. But they don't always do it. It doesn't feel like so it doesn't really work. But I, I thought maybe that's what they were trying to go for maybe. by introducing Jim. I, I believe it. This this movie's yeah. deep, man. They got there's like yes, so many layers, dude. Deep. And while they're while they're standing here, this like little it looks like a field trip, but maybe it's a family. But it's a a, a bunch of kids run by, and they've got big goose hats on, and they are oh. there's six geese a laying right there. Wow, wow, look at that. Um, Classic New York. Yeah. <laughs> Jim just tells her basically that that he would fucking live it up if he could. Li- he would just live yeah, life goes, without She asked him what he right? would do. He's That's like, "Why'd well, get is. my head examined?" Yeah. She's like, "Why well, did that four days ago?" He said, "Well, I would do anything, whatever yeah. that is supposed to mean." <laughs> so she she goes wow. out and shops at, at Versace and all the expensive places. She buys a bunch of things, including a very nice sports car. Um, mm-hmm. she gets a fur coat. This is she gives a fur bold. coat to a homeless mo- woman. She gets a tattoo, eats a plate of donuts while getting her hair this done. This is day six, yeah, guys. This is a lot to do when you're not sure how trapped you are in this loop yet. You know, <laughs> like this is like they could have made her figure out the twelve days of Christmas thing. She hears the song yeah. when she wakes up, but she never figures Th- it this out. This is like. 
what something I would do on like day 20, you know, when I was really sure, okay, this is an ending. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. I'm going to blow my life savings on a car for today. Right? Like what if it doesn't loop today? That's the day life is locks in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's got that fucking tattoo. I don't even remember what it was. Now. It was like a rose. Or- oh, it was like a fucking branch. <laughs> Of course it was the worst tattoo i've ever seen you didn't have to make that tattoo so yeah. bad <laughs> um yeah so she gets she gets her hair done and she now has is wearing a very uh very believable black wig you know it's totally her real hair right guys it looks so great and yeah. she's great yeah. at baking we, yeah. we yeah, now she's, establish she's that she is a perfect baker with Yoko and uh and lee is there as well the girl from the bar <laughs> lee's yeah. there again <laughs> just hanging out i guess she's uh yeah. Yeah, it, it it was super easy to get her involved the first time, so she probably just did that again. Hey, you want to have a drink? And then she just leaves. So they're all baking. It's just both of them are Miyoko and Lee are both available to come and bake with this strange old lady on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, Eve. I guess it's New York. Nobody, okay. nobody has family. God. I guess. Um, oh man. She uh, Lee reveals that she wants her boyfriend to I think she says propose like she's just fed up with the snowflake she thing. just says she doesn't give a shit about the star basically yeah. I feel like right yeah, yeah Kate makes know. some amazing looking cookies so out of nowhere she is she has become an amazing baker and mm-hmm. they're baking and we hit midnight time turns back Kate wakes up in the department store and we see her immediately meet with the guy with the lights so she she mm-hmm. runs to him but not before we see seven swans of swimming. Just some porcelain Ooh. swans that are like in the forefront of the shot. That's that's it. So she helps him get untangled and then asks if she can have some of the lights. Like she's just like, hey, can I take these? He says yes and gives her a giant ball of, of lights. So I guess he wasn't more psychotic, no empathy behavior yeah. to know that Lee <laughs> hates this. And you've made friends with Lee ostensibly in your mind. And not to try to get this guy to stop what he's doing, but instead just be like, just steal his lights. Cool, you keep it up. I'm gonna take these lights, half of these lights, for myself. You keep doing what you're doing, though, bud. And where's he plugging these things yeah, in? I, I was wondering that as well, because we're out in the middle of the park. <laughs> just found an outlet. Yeah, you know it's fine. He, he, brought, he brought a generator. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she uh, so she answers Miles' phone call. Uh, very confused. I wrote very confused. I don't know why I wrote that, but she asked him where he wants to go. Oh yeah, he's he's confused, like he always yeah. is when she answers the phone call. So she meets him at his hockey league, where he's coaching some at-risk youths who live in a group home. Uh, so another thing that, of course, like oh, he is like a selfless man. So he's uh-huh. again, we learn more about him, and he's just the. Uh, Further, uh, furthermore, a saint. So she talks to one of the teens who tells her that Miles is not only their coach, but their cook, their mentor, etc. And one of the kids ran away from the group home today because Christmas is really hard for him. Um, so they're all worried about. I love that that guy just comes up and starts spouting that exposition at her. Like, yeah, just oh man, he just saint, yep. runs through those lines. Yeah, she is just a total stranger to this kid inside their hockey like locker room. And he just walks right up to her and like, oh yeah, that's whoever he's missing. Like, just starts explaining. <laughs> Here's all our names. Yeah. Uh, we're on a hockey team. We all live in a group home. Uh, we'll kill you if you date this guy and you are mean to him. Uh, what yes. else have I got? Like, just rattles it off. I loved it. This is so deep into the movie, guys. Where I was just like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what's happening. I don't. 
I, I, she seemed to have learned a lesson and is now spiraling back mm-hmm. down. Yep. And now we've got like, he's a hockey coach for kids yeah. that live at a group home. Yeah. The level, you, you got to introduce that. Yeah, it's it like heavy. There's so much. <laughs> it's so many new things at all at all times uh, with this. This is around, I, th- I feel like probably a little bit before this or around this time is when I paused it. And I was like, we're only 40 minutes in. And my mom was just like, oh, no. Oh, like, no. we didn't, we thought surely we were almost done. <sighs> and this thing, we're on day six, I this guess. Day seven. Like, would right? you, day at seven. this point, oh, would you be surprised in a couple so... days if we found out Miles has like a 12 year old girl? Like, he has a, no. a daughter. <laughs> no, you know? I wouldn't that, be. That surprised. would absolutely fit. Yeah, in this. my wife who died is a ghost yeah. <laughs> and uh, she she's here. She also fell. You're like, no, you need she to tell me out that. The gutters as well. Yeah. They were both cleaning out the uh, gutters. It's not tragic. Yeah, it's not tragic <laughs> because she's still here yeah, with It's no me. big deal. She's still here. It's fine. Oh. Um, so, uh, Miles. Um, they go out and ice skate. Yeah, Miles right? invites her to ice skate, and they ice skate. She acts like she's terrible at first, but then she does this fun, like one-legged skate move and a cool yeah. twirl, and reveals to him that she was the 1997 tri-state champ or something like that. And honestly, yes. I love this moment. It was a cute little moment, and it was. I was expecting her to have like gained this skill or something during this time, and like she's been through this no. before. But no, she actually has a something from her past but- that. It really feels like that. I need an explanation as to how someone goes from like a tri-state champion to it seems like she hasn't ice skated in years. Like mm-hmm. that felt like there was some missing element. Is it because her mom died or something like that? They didn't elaborate on. I, I just took it as um, like it's because nothing is like it used to she be. Ice skated when she was young and just hasn't. So All right. What the way? I well, I love but... the the kid who shout who who spewed exposition on her walks by at this point or whatever and he's like she got you good coach and i was just like this kid's a terrible actor i love him he's fucking great uh, <laughs> yeah i love that uh yeah exposition yeah. ted or is what we'll call him <laughs> whatever his name is yes um afterwards i go to a park it's nighttime now he is trying to tell her that he likes poets and she beats him to the punch because quote she googled him another red flag that she just knows that he likes poets because she found that out through google i don't know she lights up a tree and uh that for, with the lights that she stole from that guy earlier they have a romantic mm-hmm. moment miles <laughs> goes in for the kiss and partridge in a pear tree she is <laughs> laying on the ground kissing the air in the department store and just says damn it <laughs> yeah before she goes back in time she calls his wife dying fate like she parrots back the you can't change fate line or whatever and i just thought like I don't know if somebody somebody's wife died. It just feels a little I don't need to I don't need to try to tell them that it was destined to happen or whatever. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, just don't wait. Kind of how your just... wife died by falling from a like gutter. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. that would be fate. Yeah. Can't change that. I'm, I'm pissed about my mom dying. Yeah. I don't like that. And I will hold it over my dad's head yeah. at any point. But, you know, your thing seems. I mean, it seems pretty you destined to happen. Buddy. So. It was fate, all right? Yeah, let's get over <laughs> you it. You kiss me now. Let's, yeah, let's do you ever think like, like you could have changed that? Because you probably couldn't. It was probably just fate that she was just going to fall from that gutter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you ever think that like nothing is how it was because now it's different? <laughs> yeah. So shut up. 
she meets Jack at the jewelers uh, and very quickly shares with him. Oh, uh, uh, Jack yeah. again. I was so angry when we were back with I Jack. <laughs> uh, she's just like. They really could have just got just him out of here. Out at him. She does this frequently. Like, she does this a few yeah. more times. She just blurts out that she's like happy for him and his relationship, blah, blah, blah. She goes to leave and Jack asks her to coffee. So we go yeah. to the coffee shop oh, yes. and they're sitting. On the counter are eight milk bottles with maids on them. Eight Ooh. maids a milkin. This 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 scene is where they have the conversation where he tells her that he was going to propose to her, right? Yes. And he says, I was gonna propose to you, but then your mom died. And it was just like what <laughs> the fuck? What is he's happening? like yes. he's like he was like, after your mom died, you got so obsessed with getting married that it was like You didn't like it when she was obsessed with getting married, like he was yeah, gonna ask you were her. going to propose and she wanted you to propose and that was your reason to not do and it and then your mom I was gonna propose and then your fucking and mom she died went and you were a little bit <gasps> crazy after that and he was like oh, I don't wow. know she wants to get married now and like it yeah, should Jack, be my go fuck idea yourself, Jack. yeah get out of here Jack like <laughs> goodness you were you were I was into it and then you got really desperate <laughs> yeah. just like yeah you think maybe gross. she was going through something Jack when her mom died. <laughs> Yeah, Jack is like a nice guy where I'm like, dude, you need to like recognize a huge boundary here with you even talking with your ex while you're maybe wanting to be engaged. And this just like was just like, no, okay, Jack's stupid. She like that's this is terrible. Just Mm. what a terrible. Yes. Terrible history with this. Like terrible writing. Come up with something better than that. (laughs) Um, it's now dinner time with her family. She brings out a giant gingerbread house she made by herself. Everyone is surprised because she's supposed to suck at baking. They ask, when did you learn to bake? She says, today. LOL, get it? Because it's like, (laughs) today, you know. Uh, She is talking with her dad later and has the realization that because she went to coffee with Jack, he didn't buy the ring. Oh, no. So she's... If he doesn't propose, then fate changes, and if fate changes, that ends the night, guys. Which wasn't a rule so far. No, not so a rule that she point, knows at all. She has just right? suddenly decided that she knows the rules. Yeah, it's still what? It's day eight, so we don't know a whole lot about <laughs> What does she mean? But... What does she mean by fate changes? I don't know. Every day that you do something different, you are causing different things to happen. Why would you think Also, every day she says something different and then does it over again when it starts over. So do whatever you want today. The rules are that you will start over. So I just don't understand where she made the intuitive leap that their proposal is somehow an element of fate (laughs) that must not be changed or the day will not reset. Especially when she's done, like, her and, uh, like, I'm sure she has broken Lee up with her boyfriend, right? Like, multiple (laughs) times now, because I just feel like you can't go back from like leaving abandoning your partner on, in the park on Christmas Eve to go bake with a stranger. Yeah. Yes. Staying out till midnight with a stranger. Like I just I feel like that would be a relationship ending deal at least. So <laughs> she yeah. So she's decided that this is she absolutely this this needs to happen. They need he needs to propose to her. So she um uh She's concerned about this. She speeds out yeah. to the cabin, to Jack's cabin, to fucking find him and his fiance or girlfriend and like bursts in on them and is like, you have to propose to her, blah, blah, blah. You didn't get a ring. Yep. And, and he's like, just like, I already did an hour ago. Yeah. And she's like, without a ring? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> what, 
what are you the like the engagement police like cool twist yeah so she realizes that well maybe she can't change fate after all and she's just in yes. the cabin and i think is this where like nancy says like who's that or something like at the end like it's just, <laughs> again extremely strange is Nancy the Nancy's the girlfriend, yeah. the fiance? Yeah, that they. This is my favorite little background comedy moment where uh, Jack is like, "You can stay the night here, I guess, until morning," and like has like this exchange with Nancy where she's clearly like, "You're gonna let your ex yes. stay yeah. after you propose to what? me," and he's got like this look on his face, like, "I don't know what the fuck to do." She's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's really insane. Like, and it's the middle of the night. <laughs> We're out in a cabin in the woods, like Christmas Eve. But it's oh, well, that's wild. I didn't even yeah, notice it, that. Yeah, that's insane. I would hate to be Nancy because, like, I would hate Jack. Like, why are you <laughs> really letting have the worst. his ex do anything right now? Just tell her to go oh, away. Man. You just yes. propose to me. Tell her this is inappropriate. Please leave. That's all you need to say. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, have some boundaries fiance so time turns turns back uh i spritzed you and uh, and you passed out she's dejected she goes to the bar and uh while she's sitting at the bar um there there are nine ladies dancing doing a congo conga line Uh in the bar um if you thought that was strange that's that's why that was there so she Mm. is uh she's like two hours early for the date now and toby walks in so Kate tells Toby that it's fate there Toby. to Ooh. both be lonely on Christmas Eve because Toby Phyllis is never showing up. Uh, <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Fucking loser. loser nerd. <laughs> uh, she's having a bad day. Marjean, um, she talks to, to Marjean, which is uh, Miss Frumpkin. Um, they're a first name basis yeah. now. I kind of just like how that's thrown in there. Like you can tell they've. That she's yeah. got, actually gotten to know somebody. She really. This is a real me turning on Kate moment when she rushes back into into her fucking uh, apartment and like slams the door on yeah. Margie. Yeah. Like this was like a. I was. I was like, don't you fucking dare take this shit out on her when you know she's alone on Christmas Eve baking you a fucking cherry chip loaf when you don't deserve it. You ungrateful. Ugh. Yeah. I was angry. Absolutely. Yeah. She did. She- and this is the point where Kate first makes it clear she's madly in love with Miles, right? This day. <laughs> day nine is where she's like, I, I took a note that it's been a week of her considering Miles, but she's like acting as if it will be the end of the world if they don't get together now. She's been on like five, like four dates with him, maybe, you know? I just thought it was, it was a bit of a leap all of a sudden, speaking of like, leaps in character development like she had with uh sally or whatever it's like she's like fully all in on miles on day nine yeah it's it's just a lot of leaping a lot of a lot of uh there's a lords a leaping maybe lords a leaping thank you uh, yeah we were both gonna do it so uh yeah um oh gosh i lost my but yeah, she so she the slams the door on Margine. on yeah. Margine. That's terrible. She's in bed. The this day was very quick. She's watching some Christmas hoarders show, and she decides to get up and go greet Margine when she's headed to mass. And she apologizes to her for being rude earlier. And she doesn't go to mass again. Partridge in a pear tree. Day resets, and she meets the light guy in the park. She tells him she has some ideas for a new design for him. Then she sees. Uh, Michael and uh, 
so she's in the park. She sees Michael. This is the this is the boy who's missing from the group home. So she spots him and she follows him to an alley where she tries to get him to go back to the group home. He declines. He turns and runs and he jumps over <laughs> two oh boxes God. and they really ham this up. They put it in slow motion and you get to see his, the back of his sweater, which has his number on it. His name is Michael Lords. His last name is Lords and his number is 10 and he is 10. leaping over these boxes. <sighs> Yeah, th- wow. this was the one that, yeah, but like the moment stood out to me as incredibly weird when it happened, but I didn't <laughs> notice the other nine things before it. So I was just like, what the fuck was that when it happened? Like, they slow it down so much and they're like, and she's Look like, at this. it's like he jumps over like nothing, like as if it's supposed to be cool. And she's immediately just like, well, I can't possibly follow him now as if that was an impossible feat that he just pulled yeah, and off. And so she like, says, let's try that again. And the scene just restarts. Yep. So it's now a new day, yep. like 20 seconds earlier. And she's she's got like a different outfit on too. She's got like, I don't know. If- she's got, yeah, track. Like she's got the 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 middle class woman who's going to go for a jog in the park. Exactly. Outfit on. Yeah. So she's got yeah. this on and um, she this time does not approach him. She is just walk, you know, following him. He goes. It looks like he's going into like a liquor store, and he comes out with like a a bag with a with a bottle. He's of brown it. bagging it. Yeah. And this <laughs> this is where we get the thing that took me forever to find. Scott and I were both trying to find it in the beginning. I had to look <laughs> it up to find it because we were looking for the eleven pipers piping. And well, well, there's like a a shot to, before we see him coming out of the of the store. There's an ad on top of a taxi for the Pied Pipers of Pizza advertising their 11-inch pizza. So we have the 11 Pipers piping. 11 inches. It is strange, right? An 11-inch pizza. So Yeah, that's a... a, I mean, it is weird to do 11 instead of... I feel like that's worse than most... Well, 10 inches, like... So 10 inches is like your 800... Is 10 a large? Isn't like an 800 pizza 10 inches? Uh, I guess maybe those are either ten or eight. Uh, probably I ten. I think a ten, ten inches. Makes, I think most places. Time, I think yeah. eight is a small in most places, maybe, and ten is like medium, and twelve is large at most places. Yeah, you go to. eleven sounds small. Yeah, eleven's like in between medium and large in my mind. And yeah, it's, it's like still a, like personal, like that? gourmet pizza size, right? You, you don't or, look. I got an eleven-inch <laughs> pizza, guys. Like you wouldn't. It's small, so you'd need multiple yeah. of those. So. Um, she turns the corner and Michael is feeding a small stray dog and it's, uh, I guess revealed that that's why part of why he has run away is to care for this dog. So they cut this kid's too old for this shit. I'm going to say he's like 18. (laughs) This is a role that should be like a 13 year old at the oldest. Well, all right, look, they didn't cast actors who were under the age of 18 and cast uh 18 to play younger because they weren't about to deal with that budgeting yes, issue sure so we've got a bunch of like young adults <laughs> acting like little orphans and it's weird uh so yeah we got to the group home miles runs in and he's like what's the emergency i was waiting for my date well kate has brought michael <laughs> as well as the dog back and has filled out the paperwork for him to be a service dog so michael can keep the stray in the house she convinces Miles to go on a date with her instead of the girl he was going to go out on a date with. 
she looks a little cold while they're walking out, and he puts his jacket over her, which is like a big thing for her, I think. She mentions that that's her fantasy. Like, she wants a guy who will give her her coat when he's cold or whatever, or when she's cold, whatever the fuck. So, yeah. great. That is a yeah, thing. that was the marker for, like, the one. Yes. So, wonderful for her. She gets, she gets the coat. Uh, the screen <laughs> great blurs. For her. And she wakes up again, and she has a huge smile on her face. She says, Jim, this is going to be the best Christmas Eve ever. She seems like she's got a plan. We see... Feels unmotivated. Yeah, doesn't no, feel like we've really reached yeah, the point Well, this, this was maybe... <laughs> this was her signal. He gave her a jacket. So now it's like... Now it's destiny. destiny. She's, now it's fate, and we can't change fate. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So this is it. So... She see so it shows twelve drummers jump drumming. These are just like nutcracker drummer toys, like mm-hmm. on a display, and we get the the last of the like you know music hits with that. Yeah. Yes, she is out shopping with Toby. Um, that's first scene here, and she's giving him a big makeover. Uh, she makes him look good. She introduces. He looks worse. No, he looks worse. <laughs> I think he looks I worse. Down. He looks. I think he looks worse post makeover. I think her outfit. Wait, that scene happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. God, I think I just like deleted it's very that quick. because I remember him it's at the end. Quick. She, and he has yeah, like a she makeover. She gets him basically a, a, oh. a, some better fitting clothes a little bit. and Now it's close to a thing that you know is near and dear to my oh, heart. It's very Kyle. close to. It's very close to my, my favorite trope in all of media, genuinely, Mitch, which is the makeover montage. <laughs> I love a scene of people of actors trying on clothes because actors are hot and watching hot people try on new clothes is fun. Always. I don't care what anyone says. It's always fun. But uh, Toby's not particularly Scott, have hot. you seen uh have you seen uh they came together? I actually haven't. With, uh, I really need to watch that one. That's with uh Amy oh, Poehler and My and, God. Uh, Mike Paul yeah, Rudd. Paul Rudd, yes. I think the David and, Wayne like, direct every that? member of the state. Yeah, Michael Showalter, yeah. but they're, oh, yes. it's just like, I mean, we're talking about a rom-com, it's every rom-com trope, yeah. and she like, <laughs> Amy Fuller does a getting dressed montage, and her friend is like vetoing all the outfits, and they just get progressively weirder, <laughs> I'm gonna watch and that Paul Rudd is like sure. about to walk into the store, and she's like, I gotta, I gotta have an outfit before he comes in, and she takes so long that Paul Rudd goes in, and she's like, I guess no one's here, <laughs> and then like, by the time she makes it out, she's like in full knight's armor <laughs> and just like slow. I really It's so good. I, you will I, love that. I've been I've been wanting to watch that one's been on my watch list for a while. I gotta remember to pull the trigger, but that has sold me because HBO I love it. HBO Max, I believe, has Score. it. Don't have to pay a I'll thing if you it. already I'll got that. Watch it tomorrow. Boom. Top tier recommendation. So Scott, you feel um, so cheated that you don't get this montage with Toby. Yeah, we don't get a montage. She just like grabs some suits and he comes out in his new and wardrobe. And she takes off his but glasses looks, so you can't see. That's the problem I think is glasses like that are more in style now maybe than they were in 2011. Yeah and it's like a thick he looks glasses, He looks yeah. too 2011-fied I guess like the style that she puts him in yeah. is of the time maybe better but it looks shittier by today's standards I guess. The key to all those makeovers, too, especially for a guy, is just like, oh, use shampoo, yeah. dumbass. <laughs> like, put on a properly some fitting hygiene. shirt and, and you're done. <laughs> like, that's all you have to do. Yeah. This isn't work. Just <laughs> take a shower. Yeah. So, Toby okay. looks, he looks more confident, at least. So, he, uh, sure. in, so next scene, she introduces Marjean to Jim in the botanical garden. 
They immediately Ooh. connect on their shared experience of both traveling to Mexico. So something she had found out about Jim before. And I think maybe, I don't know if we saw her find out, that out about Marjean, but uh, about Frumpkin, I just assume that <laughs> this is something that she's gotten to know two people well and has actually yeah. made a good connection, like a, a good uh, um, matchmaker thing, whatever. So mm-hmm. she shows up. Uh, to Jack and Nancy and wishes them well, which is still weird and unnecessary. She does not need to do that. Like, they <laughs> no. do not need to hear I, that I, from her. And then Nancy, this is where Nancy asks who she is to Jack. She's like, who is she? And like, as I thought it would be hilarious if this time is what destroyed their relationship, that the strange <laughs> woman came up to them and like congratulated them or whatever, like that caused the fight that made them implode yeah. in the long Not run. Not her showing up to help him pick out a ring or showing up to the cabin <laughs> no. after they proposed and stayed the night at the cabin. No, just, just uh, randomly. Yeah, that would yeah. be, that would have been great, but. They decide to include that when she she's already passed this, right? She's already done this like yes. three times where she's shown up to tell him that she's over. <laughs> We're so sick of yeah. Jack at this point. Yeah. Uh, Lights guy <laughs> has made, instead of a snowflake, a giant will you marry me sign. Kate is standing in the background. Obviously, she's had a hand in this, and uh, Lee is very happy with her boyfriend. What do you think that proposal story is going to be in the future? Like, yeah. <laughs> why did you propose? Oh, because this strange lady that neither of us had ever met came up to me in the park and told me to do it. Yeah. So I did it. Okay. He's got like vibes right, of weird. like he wouldn't like step back and know what the what the like what the words said until he was done. You know, I would believe <laughs> that about his in. character if he was just like yes. looking at it backwards the whole time and then stepped around the the one side's like, oh, it says, will you bury me? Like, I could believe that because he's <laughs> still confused about how the lights work. Yeah. Just like uh-huh. completely yeah. lost. Where does this get plugged in? <laughs> um, she goes to the bar to meet Miles and brings Miyoko with her and introduces Miyoko mm-hmm. to Toby. And they seem to have a little Ooh. spark. She talks to Miles and realizes she has grown a lot since the day she initially started before. She asks him for a favor, which is to come over to her dad's house where everyone is there. Um, so they show up at, at her dad's house. Oh, whoa. You skipped the part where she breaks the curse, Kyle. Oh, I did? Yeah. She takes a sip of the beer, which is clearly <laughs> the thing that was cursing her to begin with. Uh, is she just needed to lighten up and not be such a bitch. The lager. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's the beer. It's, it, yeah. It's the waitress. It's the waitress who was doing it. <laughs> the waitress yeah. is it's just Nick. done with this Nick shit. Is standing in the background, Nick's bar, and he's it's Saint Nick. Of course, it's his special right. beer. They go to the party. They go to the party. Uh, yeah, so they so they go to the party, and like all of everybody is there. Everyone that she's um, had her hand in helping their lives be better throughout this whole process. Everybody's did she dump this on her family? Like her dad and Sally are just cool with I this. Guess. And 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 what is Miles thinking that he expected to come to like this quaint dinner with this girl he just met and it's like a full blown fucking house oh, yeah. party? She rager. does. She makes it clear. She's like, I'm you know really what? excited to spend the night with you, but I need a favor. Will you just come to this huge party with me with tons of people like that? So she makes it a point. There is a line uh, watching this twice where they're sort of bummed the first night when she's like, Dad, what if Mom was alive? I hate it. Like so negative about everything that they were sort of saying they wish. I, I, I forget what it was. It is obviously supposed to be the four of them, but they're kind of like 
a little bummed they just don't have company on Christmas Eve. So I actually believe that that they'd be cool with the, the party all these move. It's just a right. lot. It's of like because it's it's a prep that blows it, my mind. To... It's a yeah. Where did they get this stuff? Yes. How much did Sally cook? Did did Mrs. Whatever her name is have to bring over like loads of food? But I do feel like it's just they get the pass on the whole like more the merrier yes. type deal. As yeah. bizarre well, this movie's as it was. themes are all lonely people coming mm-hmm. together. So oh my it, god, she has another line. I don't know where, what day because again they blur mm-hmm. together. But Kate goes. Dad was so lonely. I didn't want to end up like him. Just again, just yeah, it's all about her. Do you could you hate old sad people more? <laughs> could you just be any yeah. worse? So it's yeah, it yeah. So all these people are here, even all the the kids from the group home are there. Um, including Michael Lord, so <laughs> yeah. she figured that out. Here's there as well. I guess it, it, there's too much for her to have possibly yeah, there's gotten no way done in one that you day. could do it, all this <laughs> in one day. And so you got these forms to make a service dog. Yeah. Like what? That <laughs> takes so long. She did the, all the, of that the, without Miles like knowing. You know. Yes. I guess. Um, and so uh, a slow piano version of it came upon a midnight clear. Starts playing with a montage of different people having a great time at this party, including Miyoko resting her head on Toby's shoulders while he plays the song on the piano. It's almost midnight, and everyone starts singing the 12 Days of Christmas. What party goes till midnight on Christmas Eve? I don't know, especially when there's kids that are like orphans that live in a group group home. Well, they, they don't have anywhere. They, it's not like they have families to be with, Kyle. <laughs> None of these people have anything to do. Um, Kate and Miles step outside the house. Miles says he's, he feels like he's known her this whole... Uh, feels like he's he's known her for a long time, and, and she's like, well, yeah, technically 12 days you have. And she and she says it's almost midnight, and he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Turn into a pumpkin?" She's like, "Well, something like that." Well, better not waste any time. And he kisses her. <gasps> it's a great kiss. The church bells ring. Wait, the church bells ring. He says, "Merry what? Christmas," <laughs> revealing to Kate that it's past midnight. She rejoices, and the movie ends. Ends. <laughs> Celia came home you did in it. the last like five minutes of the movie or whatever, and she's like, wait, it's over? That's it? Like it just ended? I was like, yep, that's, that's it. it. It's fine. That's oh, it. She rejoices God. and it's over in Kiss, movie over. Like, that's it. And the credits oh. roll with some what I thought were gonna be bloopers, but it's no, it's just scenes no, from the movie. They're just scenes from the movie. Yeah, yeah very weird. Oh, that was so weird. I hated the credits so much. You it can't was like just replay so the movie on the credits. That's not not to mention the movie was a loop for twelve I times know. and now I gotta see it a thirteenth. I was like, stop. And that's it. We we uh. we made it through all twelve days, guys. Woo! Does that mean we should try to ease up on the negativity since we've spewed a lot of negativity much like kate in the beginning of this film uh and maybe and get more into the nativity the, there we go the, 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 <laughs> yes and choose a best performer our own baby jesus of this film our own savior uh, so i'll uh, i'll go ahead and start with my best performer yang um which it was close it's it's really close for me uh i think that Mark Paul Gossler has a very hard task to pull off to 
seem like there's yeah. any chemistry with this insane woman. Uh, and also he's on an uphill battle because he starts off with that lager <laughs> bullshit that they write for him. Oh my God. Um, I thought the dog was pretty good too. Ooh. Uh, but the dog didn't play enough of a role as it went on, you know? I thought the dog was going to show up more he than it did. He did get distracted by those oranges. As Mitch yeah, and that really took, him out. <laughs> took, took Mitch out of the movie, so we know that wasn't great. So I am giving my best performer to the lovely Jane Eastwood as Margene Frumpkin. Uh, I just thought of all the like side characters, she felt the most like a, a human being <laughs> that could exist <laughs> in the world, and I thought I thought that she also had like. The most touching, sad story or most like realistic feeling to be someone who's like doesn't have any family or friends, but is still good natured and wants to like bake for people. So she just bakes for the people in her apartment building. I thought she sold the the yeah. pathos of that well enough, I guess. So I'm giving I'm awarding her a cherry chip loaf for her best performer award. <laughs> That's great. There's that. I'll let one of you go next. I don't care who. Uh, I'll you go decide. next. Kyle, you decide. So yes. my best performer, I was Please. I was considering Amy Smart as my best performer because, Ooh, and rough. and okay. the reason I'm not picking her. I'm not picking her, but I I strongly <laughs> considered it because I was like, you know what? I really just dislike this character. I I, I really am not rooting for her at all throughout this, and I don't think that that's. Uh-huh. I don't think it's Amy Smart's fault. I truly think it's the writing's fault. It's those little lines that she's like, oh, I don't want to end up like, what if I end up like him? Or, you know, it's like all this self-centered yeah. stuff and nothing is a proper trajectory for her. I think she does a, as good a job as she can, but she's she's not getting my award because I am going to give it to Mark Paul Gosseler. I Because he, he was just a solid, nice guy through the film, except for that first, you know, that logger line in the beginning. But truly, he was somebody in the movie that you was was a good guy, you know? And actually... Yeah. Yeah. He, you root for you him. Oh, uh, and yeah. So I give him... I guess I'm going to give him a nice, a nice logger. <laughs> so it's not beer. It's logger. It's a logger. Yeah, so he can enjoy a nice logger tonight as he rem- remembers that he was in this movie. Oh God! Um, I, I think I'm gonna have to give it to uh, Audrey Dwyer as the milkmaid sales girl <laughs> at the department store mm-hmm. for not giving a shit that she knocked someone unconscious <laughs> while on the job by spraying perfume in their face. Fair enough. Is that her and, role? Is she the milkmaid sales girl? Okay. Yeah, that was like her outfit. All right, because they're all like kind of dressed, and then like. Her one line, her main line is just like, yeah, you passed she out. Spritz. And so I just like, you. what's wrong with you? And then her other line is just like, I thought we were getting off work early or something. Like she just she does, does not want to be there. She does a very hard role in that her th- her scene is going to be seen 12 times. Yeah. Like, right? and she has Ugh. to make it not miserable to see the same thing 12 times, you know? So brutal. I'll accept that. Uh wild choice um it's really kicks off every repeating moment with just that i love it what that, is her award that you're gonna award great her? choice mm-hmm. 
I uh, give her a spritz in the there face. You go. Knock her out. Let her live a couple. She does days. like sniff <laughs> it. See how she likes Sorry. it. She's interested. It. Yeah, that's right. She tries it. Like she's not worried. She's like, mm, that's some yeah, good that's shit. Better than whatever the doctor gave uh, gave Amy. You know. Yes. <laughs> All right. Does he get the worst yes, performance of the oh. terrible doctor? He's he's okay. He's the worst character in movie, but I will not allow anybody but Sally to get worse performance <laughs> as an actor. Sally oh, sucks. Okay. Um, final thoughts, guys. Let's so so Mitch. In case you don't know, even though I know you do, because I told you we're not awarding point scores because that's not within the spirit of Christmas. We are giving our final thoughts and deciding if these films are worthy of being put on the naughty list or the nice list for this holiday season. Um, so I would like to go first Ooh. and give my thoughts on this film, which I wrote: writing, underbaked, stilted, and predictable. Visuals. Like a mediocre 2000s diamond commercial. Acting, awkward and confusing. Entertainment level, high. <laughs> I am putting this movie on the nice <laughs> list. All right? Wow. Unlike okay. Mistletones and Christmas Story 2 that we previously covered, at the very least, this movie has some sort of thematic resonance and Christmas message buried within it. It is about lonely people coming together. And for the most part, a lot of those side people are at least somewhat likable. Uh, it is just the right amount of like shitty and cheesy to me to be very entertaining. <laughs> like, I'm not saying this is a good movie. <laughs> I'm saying it is the exact kind of trash that I like to have on while I'm playing like my switch or like Kyle said, while I'm baking cookies in the background around Christmas time, you know, it's not a, a sit down and give it your full attention kind of movie, but it is Anytime I look at it, there's going to be something that is weird enough to be entertaining to me on the screen. And I think it's got its heart in the right place with the message, which is what pushes it over the edge to me of not just being shit for shit's sake. It's like it's bad, but they were trying to tell a nice tale with some sort of message. Nice list for me. Stamp it. Boom. Good. Mitch, why don't you go next? Um, this is tough. This is a tough one because I've seen a lot of these. This is definitely, you know, before the era of the modern Hallmark where there's 35 of them a year or one for every night of December, however many they do. And those are so formulaic that you kind of, I kind of appreciate this at least tries to do a premise. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched one with, uh, Leah Michelle last week. Always a winner. Uh, of of glee fame yes. and it was called I think it's called until next Christmas or maybe next Christmas and it was taking place over a series of Christmases at a I was like okay all right but but it just wasn't enough it mm -hmm. was still that that formulaic thing so I do think Twelve Dates of Christmas tries to be its own movie and for that I appreciate it I also will give it a lot of points for even for 2011. Not having too many, uh, well, dated sort of gender roles, mm -hmm. dating norms sort of yeah. things. You know what I mean? Like, I was really expecting that when you guys were like this one. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was I was ready for some weirdness. And I think 
overall, it's like at least everyone's either equally bad or equally nice yes. uh, or equally just unhinged. And so I, I actually ended up appreciating that. I was like, cool. They, they had their own idea that they're that carried enough of the movie that they didn't have to fall back on some pretty like outdated concepts of what romance should be yes. uh, or things like that. So I will put the character of Kate on the naughty list till the end of time. She's going to hell, but the movie 12 Dates of Christmas is the on nice, the nice list. That's two nices. <laughs> <laughs> My final thoughts on this movie. I think this is a really fun one to come back to. I, I love this is one that I saw first time, I don't know, in college when we were doing these terrible Christmas movie Tuesdays that we did in college and watched it the first time I was like, man, Kate, she's this is like the worst character. I've zero reason to root for her ever. <laughs> and then there's these little stupid things like the Ten Lords of Leaping. You rewatch the movie and you're like, oh, they're doing more of these like things to <laughs> cue you into what day it is. And they're kind of... It's something to look for while you watch the movie. It's very Christmassy. It's... It's New York with a lot of scenery there. It's a lot of ridiculousness. I really, when people, this is, this is the epitome of a terrible Christmas movie that is fun to watch. And so it absolutely gets a nice rate, a nice rating for me. It's a triple nice rating from us. This movie's on the nice list. It's getting it's getting presents for Christmas. It's getting, it's not getting cold. I think this is the only movie. I don't want to, I don't want to make any early predictions on the quality of Christmas vacation to cousin, cousin Eddie's Island adventure. But I think this is going to be the oh only movie that gets a nice from me. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's yeah. great. I am, wow. uh, oh. man, that makes me just, that makes me so happy because this is one that is just a fun one to, to come back to and, and watch. It's, it's not a flavorless blah that the other yeah. like Hallmark movies are um, that even, even ones that are coming up on Netflix are still do They just, a lot of them just seem like blah and they don't take risks. And this one's, they're very low. A lot of them are very low concept. It seems like, yeah. like, like, oh, this, very yeah, much like Bones so. was saying, they're very formulaic and low concept. This one is, I mean, it's formulaic for a time loop movie, but it still takes a lot of turns that one could consider, ineptitude of writing uh, <laughs> that you don't see coming. I a guess. time loop movie without the time loop tropes, most of them, you know, yeah. it's at least uh, got a different mechanism going on for the movie. And it's, yeah. So I think woo, it's, we did a, it. a good time. Nice list all around. All right, guys, we're going so long, but do you want to play a game? Oh, heck yeah. The answer is yes. Let's do it because we all love movies, right guys? Yes. And we all uh, oh, I love we all love yeah. mashups, and most importantly, we all love math. Oh, so no. we're gonna play movie math ups. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You gonna make me do math? I've taken the plots of various <laughs> pairs of movies and mashed them together. And in honor of the twelve dates of Christmas, each movie described features a number in its title, and every pairing's numbers add up to twelve. So, for example, if I were to describe a movie such as a group of jurors have a prolonged deliberation about the guilt or innocence of a young Greek demigod who mistakenly led a two-headed cyclops to attack his school cafeteria, you would know I was referencing 12 Angry Men and everyone's favorite, not really a movie, Hercules Zero to Hero. Yes. 
12 plus 0 equals 12. You should have used that one. I knew that one. Oh, no. That would have been a point for me. <laughs> so each question is going to be worth three points if you can name both movies. However, if you need a hint, I will give you the gifts from the 12 Days of Christmas song associated with the numbers in the titles to help guide you to the numbers. Right. So we- and in that case, the answer will be worth two points. If you still need help, I can also give you the lead actors from the movies that are being described. <sighs> Sounds like it's going to be easy. And that will make it worth depend- one point. You know, hearing all those <laughs> hints that you're going to give us, I think this will be easy. Easy street. I think you guys are going to have no problem here. And I have decided that, Mitch, you're the guest. You get to go first, okay? Okay. You have a grasp on the game, basically, just mashing so up two movie plots. he gets to answer the, the first one or whatever? Is that how it works? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're just going to go back and forth. Whichever one of you gets the most points, cool. I figure we'll do it. Okay. <clears throat> so this is the first movie. A recently re- released convict assembles an ace crew of gentlemen thieves to help steal the plans to a tyrannical government superweapon capable of destroying an entire planet, and also his ex-wife. Alright, what am I... I get points for getting one of you them? You get points. You have to name both movies. And the two movies have numbers in their titles that will add up to 12. So you have to think movies wow. with numbers in their titles. All right, can you say it again? Yes, no problem. A recently released convict assembles an ace crew of gentlemen thieves to help steal the plans to a tyrannical government superweapon capable of destroying an entire planet, and also his ex-wife. Uh, it's, um, it's Ocean something. <laughs> what? I if you need don't... hints, I can give you the the gifts associated with these numbers from the 12 days of Christmas song. Yeah. I need a hint on the second one. All right. Well, you're getting hints on both of them. Cause I didn't engineer a way okay. to get hints on only one. So it's fine. No, that makes this sense. This is uh, Piper's piping and a partridge in a pear tree, which should lead you maybe to which of the, if you were correct about it being an oceans movie, that should help you figure out which oceans it is. It's Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. and I don't know a movie with one in the title. Air Force One? Oh. No, that's not about a super weapon. If you'd like, I can also give you a clue of the stars of the movies. Sure. Okay. George Clooney and Felicity Jones. <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh. I don't even know who what Felicity I'm Jones is in. so... Oh, oh, Felicity Jones. Fuck. I, I was thinking of someone else. Mm. Um, it's uh, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, there it is. Dang Fuck it. We'll it. Oh, I couldn't think of a Star Wars. I was like, it's Star Wars. But I was like going through all yes. the movies. I was like, there's no, there's not one of these movies that has one. I had name. a, yeah, I had Balls. a one. I had one from the jump and I was like, when, when, what? What's and hilarious I, I had it is first. I wrote this originally as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but I said, Bones <laughs> loves Star Wars. Wars. So I'll throw him a softball and make it Rogue One uh, instead. Well, you see, I had to say one that had one as the first word, and then I was like, "Wait, okay, that could be anywhere." Oh, yeah, I work in the industry professionally. It's all right. All right, that's fine. You get one point. We're giving you one out of three points. I'll you take it in there. All right. So, Kyle, oh, are yeah, you ready for I'm your bo- first? I was born ready. 
All right. <laughs> a team of superheroes overcome their humble beginnings on the streets of Detroit and eventually defeat their arch nemesis in the purest form of ritualistic combat, a rap battle. So it's eight mile and three. Um, can you say it again? A team of superheroes overcome their humble beginnings on the streets of Detroit and eventually defeat their arch nemesis oh, in the purest form of ritualistic combat. It's, it's it's late, guys. <laughs> Simple math. <laughs> can I get those movies? Fantastic Kyle? Four and Eight Mile. Correct. Boom. That's it. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> those were the two softballs that I was lobbing. Well, I almost both, didn't I know so. how to get to twelve. <laughs> from eight i know so, i was very worried when you said so, three. Uh, yeah so okay which speaking of people <laughs> who can't count the description for 12 dates of christmas reads that kate is given the chance to relive christmas eve 12 times which is inaccurate she relives it 11 times yeah, dude yeah she it's lives one it and then once. the repeats yes oh my god um that's fine all right it's only gonna get a little well it's gonna get harder and then i think a little easier i tried to like sandwich out the difficulty so let's see how you do on this one okay mitch okay all right this black and white japanese masterpiece features a group of ronin and a revivified superhuman teaming up to protect a group of farmers from bandits as well as a giant evil fireball hurtling toward earth that appears every five thousand years Oh, you got to say it again because I'm I, I get the one and then I have to do math. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And then I have to think of the details. <laughs> All right. This black and white Japanese masterpiece features a group of Ronin and a revivified superhuman teaming up to protect a group of farmers from bandits, as well as a giant evil fireball hurtling toward Earth that appears every five thousand years. It's seven samurai. And they got a team up to do f fast five. <sighs> I will. I'll give you a since you know the numbers, I'll give you a, I'll give you just the stars for one point. On OK. This, OK. No. Obviously, the, the Seven Samurai, you got correct, I'll just say. Toshiro Mifune. And, and then the star of the other movie, Bruce Willis. With five in the title? Oh, man. Kind of a stretch on the five, by the way. Is it... Uh... How do you do a stretch for five? Well, it'll make, you'll know how it's a stretch when I say it in two seconds. Uh, uh, wait. Um... The fifth element. There it is. Ding. Correct. So a stretch because it's not five. God. It's fifth. But yes. You know, I thought I this is actually I this is a fun, fun game because you're like you're like picking out a detail that you get and you're like, boom, got it. And then you're just, whoa, what did you like? You have to listen to the rest of it and piece the plot yeah, changing. This, this is good. This. this is good. All right. Well, that's I just watched. Um, I, I mean, I just watched. The Magnificent Seven, because I watch exclusively Western mm -hmm. movies, which and is I seven know that that is a Western, yeah, right, right. It's like a direct, like lifted plot from that movie. So I was like, boom! I know the, I know the classic Kurosawa, and then the rest just like blanked out of my brain. <laughs> I would have not have gotten either one of those movies. So 
good. Oh. Yeah, I figured. I, I, I like that these are hand figured. There was I really no. like their hand. Yeah. I also was going. Um, I, I knew the number already, and then I was like twelve monkeys. Like uh, immediately losing my own math after <laughs> saying Bruce Willis. All right, that's another one point for Bones. So you're gonna need. You're gonna have to hope Kyle really biffs it on these next ones, yeah. and that you do well on the uh, following. We'll see. All right, Kyle, are you yeah. ready? Oh yeah. Okay. A perennial bachelor and his roommates have their lives turned upside down when they are tasked with raising his inhuman offspring from a one-night stand with a South African alien refugee. Oh, uh, can you say that again? Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know what I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> A perennial bachelor and his roommates have their lives turned upside down when they are tasked with raising his inhuman offspring from a one-night stand with a South African alien refugee. Um, I, I'm I, sensing my comeback. Uh, I think I think I'm just gonna need the 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 numbers, right? That's what I get first. The number you're gonna need the first yeah. clue. The the. All right, you're th- French hens and ladies dancing. Hmm. Okay. So, okay, three French hens. So it's nine ladies dancing. Um. I can also give you yep, the give me the actors just to lower the, to we'll one just, point. Yep. All right. Tom Selleck and Shalto Copley. Sorry, I don't know how to say your name, buddy. Copley, Shalto Copley. Yeah, I think this is just gonna be a big goose egg for me. I think uh, I think I've six geese to lay a goose egg here. Oh, got it. All right then. Well, we got a. Uh, yeah. Do you know? Let's give. Do bo- I get to guess? Yeah, we'll one? let Bones have a chance to steal for a point. Why not? We'll add that rule. That weird name none of us know is because it's a South African actor, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, District Nine. Correct. Ooh. And the other movie. And then three. Say the plot again. A perennial bachelor and his roommates have their lives turned upside down when they are tasked with raising his inhuman offspring from a one-night stand with a South African alien refugee. Uh, Hangover 3? <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. That's what I thought you were going for. <laughs> How has nobody here heard of Three Men and a Baby starring Tom Selleck? Oh, oh, right. oh yeah, you already said Tom Selleck. Yes. See, I, I delete information <laughs> yeah, I the second I get it. I thought for sure it would just be the I thought District 9 would be hard, but once you had the numbers, you'd be like, okay, nine. The only movie with nine and aliens is District 9, and then reverse engineer. That's hard because I didn't have any like place to start. Uh, and all I could think of was a hangover. Yeah. So all right. yeah. Well, no point changes <laughs> we're very, on that. We're cultured yeah, men, cool. Kyle and I. <laughs> I don't even think that that's accurate to the plot of Three Men and a Baby, because I think Three Men and a Baby, it's like his girlfriend not a one night stand or an ex or something and also because it's an 80s movie it weirdly devolves into a cocaine scandal of course <laughs> like that's right. just what it's about it's like they the person who leaves the baby also accidentally leaves cocaine or something and then they're at, they're in possession of it without knowing it it's so fucking weird <sighs> directed by Leonard Nimoy so fun fact wow um, yeah all right I don't have a lot of faith in this next one, Mitch, but I didn't think that there was any chance that Kyle was going to get it. So it all comes to you. All right. Okay. A samurai cursed into the body of a beetle 
enlists the help of a one-eyed boy to use his magic instrument to help remind his magazine writer girlfriend the power of love when he finds out that she is intentionally driving him away for an article. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> just uh, just say it again yeah. and then give me the actors. You want to go straight to actors to only get one point? <laughs> uh, uh, say it again. Okay. Just say it again. A samurai cursed into the body of a beetle enlists the help of a one-eyed boy to use his magical instrument to help remind his magazine writer girlfriend the power of love when he finds out that she is intentionally driving him away for an article. Samurai that's a beetle and a one-eyed boy do nothing for me. Okay. Magazine writer girlfriend... Superman? Mm, think. Mm. I. Uh, nope. All right. I'll give you the. I can give you the days associated, which is Turtle Doves is there a, and Lords a Leaping. Movies with 10 and 2. Movies with 10. 10's um, got to be something. You know, like what movie has 10 in the title? I can't think of any. Mm. <laughs> I can think of so many number movies that are just not helpful. <laughs> um,. 10 Things I Hate About You, 310 to Yuma. Are those final answers? <laughs> yeah, just going for a total oh, of 13. 20. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, 310. I, I haven't even seen 10 Things I Hate About You, so I'm going to guess that one <clears throat> as one of the movies. All right, I'll give you the actors to see if that helps you. Um, the first one won't. Art Parkinson... And Kate Hudson. <laughs> Kate Hudson was in. Uh... I don't know. I got nothing. I have, I have no ideas. Kafka. Now you were 10, 10 things I hate about you is a good guess. Cause I almost did that one, but this was how to lose a guy. In oh, 10 I was days. thinking of that one oh, and thinking it was 10 geez. days. I was mixing up yeah. the movie titles. And the other movie was Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, oh, that's new. I haven't seen it. That's kind of new. It came out many years ago. Uh, <laughs> but both of them star Matthew McConaughey, which is He's the in Kubo. About that. I didn't know that. He plays the samurai cursed into a beetle's body in Kubo, which is why I made him the wow. romantic mix with Kate in How to Lose a Guy in that's 10 awesome. Days. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um I was I was just gonna guess twenty eight days later after that. So <laughs> really I'm really losing the point of this. But so I tried. I think now it is basically mathematically impossible for Bones to win, but if Kyle completely biffs it, <laughs> he you can steal still steal point. for a point to tie. Uh, Although okay. this next one well, actually, no. We'll let's see. see. Let's see, Kyle. I, I, I might usually just get one. No, I might just know you it. in the bad yeah. way where I All don't right. get points. Well, this would be really hard if you didn't get one of <laughs> okay. these two movies. But you got to get both for full points. So if Mitch knows the other and you don't, I'm letting him take that steal for a tie. All right. A young boy thinks he is seeing ghosts of the recently deceased, but they instead turn out to be illegally cloned humans that are part of a shady billionaire's conspiracy. Well, congrats yeah. on your victory. <laughs> it's a six sense. Um, and uh, I assume the other number would be a six then. Uh, so say the say it again. The, you can say the full thing again here. 
Okay. A young boy thinks he is seeing ghosts of the recently deceased, but they instead turn out to be illegally cloned humans that are part of a shady billionaire's conspiracy. Damn. The Sixth Sense was a sixth movie, I would have said, and now I have to think of a second one. Um... Quite the challenge when I was trying to write it. Oh my as gosh! Well. Let me tell you. I can't get the island out of my head, and that obviously does not have six in the title. Uh, clones, um, right? Would you like to Revenge of Kyle? the Sixth? Um, <laughs> would you like to hear the yeah, actors give me, before you make your final guess. guess? All right. Obviously, Haley Joel Osment <laughs> and. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, what's the evil clones? What's move? What is his? What's what is it? Um, I don't think I'm gonna six. I don't think I'm gonna get get the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. All right. Well then, Mitch, this is your last chance for a steal to tie the game. Do you know both movies? Set. Uh, nope, that's seven psychopaths. Um, the sixth element? <laughs> oh, Kyle, you have won. Yes, I won. Movie math ups. The movie was The Sixth Day, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, one of his last. Big Hero Six. Oh, that would have been great. Didn't think about that one. Should have done that. Um, yeah, The Sixth Day is like his, one of his very last of his run of like being the top of the box office action stars. Like that's like his, like, wow. Yeah. That's perform well movie. (laughs) Oh, the one that said like, maybe we should switch it up. Yes. Do something else. The one that uh, I have, it's one of the only, one of only two movies on this game list that I haven't seen, but it's one that I have the box burned into my brain because I saw it every time I went to a video rental store. So I, I knew it was about wow. Arnold and clones and that was about it. I was hoping maybe someone else had that experience. Obviously they didn't. So Kyle wins. Woo! Um, you win a logger. I'll take it. <laughs> you get a logger. Hell yeah. And uh, Bones, unfortunately, you're trapped to relive this podcast 12 <laughs> times. You're going to oh, you're gonna have to no. play it 12 times through. <laughs> Uh, once it's posted, I'm going to need proof that you listened to it 12 yeah. times. So, uh, Wait, your punishment. 12 times? That's uh, 144 <laughs> dates of Christmas that I have to hear? Yes. Sure is. <laughs> this is hell. This is hell. Welcome to hell. Your roommate is Kate. Don't worry, you don't have to watch the movie 12 times, which is half of the time yeah. of this podcast. You have to of listen course. to this podcast 12 times. Speaking oh of this God. podcast going so long, I think that's a great time to call it. Yes, uh, please. We're done. Next week, we are talking it. about, like we said, Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island I'm Adventure, so and NBC one. made for TV movie. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> uh, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us on yeah, this very you, long episode. Oh, man. Guys, this was uh, a blast. Uh, I can't believe I watched this movie yeah, twice. Can't either, honestly. <laughs> I will likely never see it again for the rest of my life. Um, I can't believe it gaslit me into believing that honey doesn't yeah. have a smell. <laughs> but I'm here to tell 
everyone listening that yes, it does. Honey smells like honey and it's something we all know. Perfect. Uh, anything Don't else you'd like this to movie <laughs> Anything else you'd like to plug other than the smell of honey? Um follow me on Twitter at known as bones. Um I'm Still not really doing anything no. there, but when I do, it'll be there. Perfect. All right. Sounds good to me. Follow him. He's entertaining. Made a great tweet about uh, bagels today. So that's the kind of <laughs> do you content tweet you your uh, reviews to. on Chili's. <laughs> uh, I haven't tweeted at Chili's on this account actually. That's I kind your of secret review. Separate, uh, but your my uh, account, <laughs> Chili's fanboy yeah. account. <laughs> Oh, I would give the chilies next to the Ikea um, a uh, four out of ten. Four out of ten. Perfect. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Made for TV podcast. So let's pop out the tape and turn off the TV. If you're listening, you like what you hear. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe and tell your friends. Please remember to follow us on social media at Made for TV podcast. That's at Made the number four TV podcast. Thank you so much, Chris Ratzbab, for making our music. And thank you to Puff Maggie for our artwork. Until next time, I'm Scott. I'm Kyle. Goodbye. See ya. Woo!